What's up, fellow boners? Jake here. And I wanted to come to you before the beginning of the episode with some very sad news. Dustin is dead. Just kidding. He's not dead. Uh, but I do have sad news. We, when I say we, I mean me, accidentally forgot to record the beginning of the episode. And uh, first time it's happened in a hundred and whatever, 10, 12, 13 episodes. So that's not an excuse. I'm just saying I forgot to record the intro, the beers, the draft check-in, all of the conversation about Little Mermaid having its IMDb score changed by IMDb. Uh, so Dustin gets a little asterisk on the draft board now and uh, forgot to record the part where we talk about the new stuff we watched and had really interesting conversations about The Flash and uh, Extraction and I don't know, a bunch of other stuff that I forget that we can't recreate because it was so magical. So I'm sorry, uh, it's totally my fault. I take full responsibility. And, but the good news is we did not miss any of the actual episode, the topic for the Indiana Jones uh, adventure. So you get to jump right into that right away. Um, and because you missed the beer opening sound, here's another one to kick us off. Okay, back to the show. There he did. Fuck. Oh my god. God damn it. Yeah, there's a red dot on my tab over here. Right now. Did I it catch anything we just did? I don't think so. Oh god. I don't know how long it's been like that or if it was always like that. <laughs> At least we didn't miss any of the actual topic. Well, folks, we had a great discussion. Um, <laughs> a couple yeah. deep discussions, actually, that probably would have warranted, but... Oh, man. Yeah, we had a very interesting conversation about the draft. You doing much better in the draft. Uh, we talked all about the movies we just saw. One of those was The Flash, and it led to a very interesting conversation that you'll never hear again. Or maybe, you know what we'll do since it didn't record any of that? Maybe what we'll do is we'll do it as like a separate story thing. Maybe in like a few days or go. something, we'll we'll record just mm -hmm. a little snippet conversation. Yeah. We'll figure yeah. something out. It was actually pretty cool. That one, and uh, <laughs> we talked about uh, some interesting rating things going on over at IMDb. Oh, yeah. So yeah, maybe IMDb's rating is a little wonky. Yeah, maybe what we'll do is we'll do a separate little video and post that <laughs> yeah. at a later time. If you want all of the stuff you normally get before the episode, uh, go to Instagram, go to YouTube, or moviebonus.com, yeah. and we'll, you'll be able to find some of it there. Yeah, so we'll, we'll figure something out, because I thought that was actually pretty interesting. So I agree. But that on was, to the rest. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so today's episode... Uh, ex expedited for the listeners who didn't hear everything we talked about for the last hour, 30 minutes. We're talking about our founding childhood franchise, I would say. I don't think that's too bold to say. That as children, Indiana not Jones too bold. was... It's definitely big one. Yeah, one of the biggest. Indiana Jones and his his impact on my life has been huge. I was introduced to Indiana Jones through my parents' VHS tapes of Raiders and Last Crusade uh, because they all came out well before I was born. And you, your parents conveniently did not have Temple of Doom, huh? 
That was the forbidden Indiana Jones movie that I did not see until I was much older. I didn't even know it existed. <laughs> so it's it's weirdly out of context for me that it doesn't feel like a trilogy. It feels like these two movies and then this other Indiana yeah. Jones movie and then this other Indiana Jones movie that I don't like at all. And then another one coming out now. So, so Jake's timeline is very uh, odd. Uh, but that's okay, because the timeline of the Indiana Jones franchise is actually a little weird, but not mm-hmm. really. Uh, Temple of Doom is actually the prequel. Yeah. It's technically the first installment, and then it takes place a year before Raiders, and then it's last, and then it's your favorite installment. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's absolutely insane to me that there have only been five movies in the last 42 years. For this franchise, you feel like, especially when the first three took yeah. off, well, I mean, but they, more. it also has like the young Indiana Jones spinoff stuff, Chronicles. the shows in the yeah. movie, um, which I remember watching and enjoying, but it just mm-hmm. never had the same appeal or the same impact that right. that trilogy, that original trilogy does. Um, Man, I don't even... I've been trying to rack my brain how old I actually was when I saw Raiders for the first time. I know Mm -hmm. I was young. And I know that we did not own the VHS set of it. Okay. But we had a neighbor who did. (laughs) And I do remember constantly borrowing their VHS of the trilogy and watching them. I say the trilogy... I snuck Temple of Doom because like you, (laughs) I was not supposed to watch that movie at all as a child. But Raiders and Last Crusade were A-OK, except for the the final death scenes at the end of both. I wouldn't say A-OK. I definitely (laughs) saw them when I was very young. Yeah. And to the point where I was like, I was allowed to watch them, but I had to cover Cover my eyes. eyes. At the beginning, when that one guy gets impaled and is like, co- like oh, all okay. stuff, that part's pretty gross. Um, so I had to cover my eyes for that, but it's quick. You can stay in the room for that. But yeah, when they opened the the Ark of the Covenant, I had to leave the room. Oh, because, you had to leave and, the room. Yeah, because it's a long scene. You got it is you got things shooting out through people's oh, chests and no, see, faces mine, melting. And, mine was very much exactly like what Indy tells Marion of like, shut your eyes. Don't you dare open them. That was me. Like the eyes yeah. had to be covered. And since I was a little kid, like I did that curl yourself into a ball and yeah. protect everything, except you could still hear the screaming and the, right. Yeah. Sometimes that's worse if you just hear it. <laughs> right. Suddenly your brain is just like, I get why your parents were like, no, you have to, you have to leave the yeah. room because my brain was definitely like some messed up stuff is happening in this movie and yeah. it's only rated PG. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there is messed up stuff. That's one of the things that I watch it now as an adult. And I'm like, this is such a fun adventure film for most of it, but it is serious about the, horrible violence of the there's power some crazy of God brutality in, in that trilogy dude there's yeah. some crazy so brutality it, it definitely uh it doesn't shy away from it which i appreciate yeah. but it does it's it does escalate quickly and so you if you aren't prepared for it i think it could catch people off guard oh i when i introduced my daughter to it 
Um, I did tell her when we put, I was about to start Raiders and I told her like, Hey dude, legit. Cause she didn't want to watch it. She was mm-hmm. like, I'm going to hate this movie, dad. It's going to be boring. I don't want to see a college archeologist, like professor <laughs> go around the world. That's not entertaining to me. I was like, kid, trust me. <laughs> shut, shut the fuck up. <laughs> like, <laughs> you don't, know what you're talking don't about. understand. Just trust me on this one. Yeah. And, uh, I did tell her right before I started it, I was like, the ending, it'll be your call. <laughs> um, it's a little, it's a little much. Mm-hmm. You see, you see some like spirits. And she was like, kind of apprehensive. And I was like, and you see like faces melting and <laughs> they're still alive. Like they're, they're screaming mm-hmm. and melting and dying. And she was like, oh, gross. But she watched it and she was like, this is disgusting. Now she thinks yeah. it's kind of funny to watch. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah. Now it's all the the practical effects are kind of fun dude, to watch. Practical effects are just they're so much better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're so good. Uh, but so I know you and I had talked normally when we do these kinds of episodes, we like do the big breakdown. We'll go scene by scene kind of. Mm-hmm essentially narrate the film for you and deep dive into it. This, this is a little different. This is what we felt like, I guess, kind of honoring the legacy of Indiana Jones and the impact on both of our childhoods. And just like, how has this movie that was made back in the eighties just turned into this monster? Everyone Mm -hmm. knows the theme song. Yeah. There's only, well, I guess five now five official, but only four, officially released at the time, at the of, time recording. of recording yeah um but that fourth one was what 2008 yeah it's like 20 years or something like that in between that one and last crusade yeah 19 yeah so before kingdom of crystal skull came out i mean the indiana jones trilogy by itself yeah i felt feel still holds up it still just stands the test oh, of time just like like oh you think you made a cool action movie check this out <laughs> right, right? <laughs> yeah no i i agree i i think raiders is a perfect movie on the level with jurassic park yeah and i i think it's a it's way more fun and just an adventure movie i think last crusade is way deeper in the best of the series but that trilogy is fantastic it is and it, it will always hold up it's just so great even temple of doom although definitely the darker of the trilogy definitely the more disturbing of them um even temple is like this has some cool stuff in it like temple's still very entertaining it gets a little freaky deaky but it's it's still pretty cool um yeah to the point where like it's got possibly the worst psychic character besides jar jar binks <laughs> ever yeah, I agree. Willie is terrible. But you forgive it because the movie is just still strong enough. But yeah, Willie yeah. is a tough one to watch, dude. <laughs> I didn't know if you were going to be talking about Willie or Short Round. No, I, I like Short Round. Complain. Short Round is hilarious. I, do I don't have a problem with him at all. No. Dempla Doom is funny because growing up, that was always the, the one that people made fun of. Yeah. It was like the 
Return of the Jedi for Indiana Jones. It's like, oh, it's it's sillier. It's it's not for everybody. And, and but now, after Kingdom of the Crystal Skull came out, everybody's like, you know what? It's not so bad. <laughs> Everyone and, unanimously uh, <laughs> is like, Temple of Doom rocks. It is on yeah, par. Way better and part of the real trilogy. I find it interesting. <laughs> and don't worry, we're gonna. I have a feeling you and I will have to actively like try to keep Star Wars rants to a minimum, but they're probably inevitable starting with this one. I find it interesting that George Lucas is responsible for like mm -hmm. making people roll their eyes at one installment of a, of a franchise by releasing another one that makes everyone just be like, what the fuck did you do? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's almost no, like George Lucas true. should stop making stuff. <laughs> <laughs> he really should. And I don't know. He did some great things, had some great ideas very early on. But the more he pulled at those threads or the more he tried to come up with new ideas to build on it, it just got worse and worse and worse. Weird. It just yeah. gets weird. Um, he should really stop. I mean, we say that like he's actively making films right now. He should have stopped 20 years ago. He should have stopped a while ago. Yeah. Um, but we'll save most of the rants for when we talk about Jake's favorite installment of the whole franchise. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So just full disclosure, I mentioned before that uh, kingdom of the crystal skull was dead to me. Yes. I had announced it previously publicly you've, on you've the announced it several times publicly. I, it was in our bottom 10 yep. episode, which was our top 10 worst movies or most hated movies. Uh, it was my number one. So if you have any idea how much I dislike this movie, it, that's how much it yeah. is. And I have I had not watched it since I first saw it until this week, until today. I rewatched it for the first time today. And uh, spoiler alert, not a fan of it still. <laughs> so what you're saying is, had you watched it for the episode we did a little while back of like revisiting movies that we weren't the biggest fans of, uh, your yeah. opinion would have not been not swayed. changed. <laughs> Correct. That is accurate. I'm not shocked to hear this, Jake. I'm not shocked. To hear this. <laughs> but I did watch it and I have new thoughts as to why I think it is so bad. So we'll get to it. Yeah. But first, uh, the joy of Raiders, we, man. We get to start at the beginning with Raiders of the Lost Ark. Like I said, I think it's a perfect movie. Everything yeah. about it especially when you come into it as I always will with those child's eyes of seeing the opening, seeing the, the logo fade into oh, the, the paramount jungle. Yeah. It's just so flawless. And the way it leads into it and you see the silhouette of Indy there with his hat and everything you're like, you'd know that it's going to be good. Like before anybody said anything, you just know Steven Spielberg has you in good hands and it's going to be good. Yeah. Um, Rewatching it. So I watched the, tr the first three, like four times just in the last week and a half. And I watched okay. Kingdom of Crystal Skull like once. Um, <laughs> That's all it deserves. I, I, more when That's I rewatched it, I was like, okay, I'm going to try and treat this. Like it was that episode again. I was like, I haven't watched it for a while. I know I don't hate it as much as like you do. Um, mm -hmm. but there's definitely a moment in that movie that it, 
has always been the moment where I'm like, there it is. I fucking hate this. Like you just killed the whole (laughs) thing for me. And I was like, you know, I haven't watched it for a while. Maybe I'll be forgiving. And that scene came up and I was like, nope, still fucking stupid. (laughs) I fucking hate. God damn it. Like physically angry about it. But when I rewatched Raiders, every time I watched the trilogy, I was like, I just, I felt so happy. Mm-hmm. during them and yeah you hit it right i mean you i watched that all of them with that same kind of childlike wonder but that opening is so good and nothing really happens at first it's just them going mm-hmm. through the jungle and you just like you get the sounds of the jungle you got the cool typeface you know that font that they got going on yeah the silhouette of indy which i find i'm always excited for and i'm like it's right. such a simple thing but i'm excited for the silhouette of him in the hat and he turns around into the light for the first time and you're like there he is yeah indiana jones <laughs> so good it's so good and i always laugh like super young alfred molina it's his first on-screen role like he's so little <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i didn't recognize him for the longest time and i'm like wait a minute that's Dr. Octopus and Spider-Man 2 or whatever. Like, this guy is revered actor now. <laughs> like, Yeah. I just remember him as the dick that wouldn't throw him the whip. <laughs> right? <laughs> who, who doesn't make it very much? <laughs> who no. doesn't make it all that farther? You uh, guys stick together. But this is... I love... I love how immediately, like, they don't give you a setup. You are just dropped right in Mm. the expedition's already begun there's already this crazy backstory this competition with uh with this other guy and Mm -hmm. tribes there's this mysterious tribe hunting them you know they pick up the poison dart and he's like oh they're close like this is still fresh and Mm -hmm. like they get to the cave with the idol and you get immediately the all the booby traps and it immediately you're just like this is cool (laughs) it's very cool and you also get a very clear representation of who indiana jones is which is he's a badass adventurer but he's also knows all of the lore and and he's uh, highly educated he's yeah awesome with it he's not afraid of spiders can you imagine (laughs) having all those tarantulas walking all over you yeah (laughs) Yeah, so he's brave, he's he's strong and capable, and uh, like you said, he's just the badass masculine uh, adventurer guy. I mean, everyone knows the whole sequence, but I think everyone knows it because of just how awesome it is to watch it every time on really any kind of size screen. Now, I've had the... I feel privileged, even though I think they do this mm-hmm. regularly, um, some theaters, you know, they'll play like older movies and yeah. it was a while ago, like a long time ago. Um, I remember a Cinemark in Fort Collins. I forget what night they would do it, but they would play like a classic. And I remember going mm. and watching Raiders in the theater and like watching it almost as if I had never seen it before, but watching yeah the whole sequence with the bag of sand and the idol and then everything falls apart. And then you get the awesome boulder rolling after yeah. it. Like the iconic boulder. It's so exciting. It's mm-hmm. so cool. And it just looks so incredible. Like, 
holy yeah. crap yeah all these traps <laughs> that they had avoided meticulously and and outsmarted and all of this stuff once shit starts falling down that's all out the window and he just books <laughs> just it run. and all of the darts are flying <laughs> and yeah and things are closing and collapsing and it's so exciting it's so exciting it's just so cool i love i love the contrast of all of it though you know I go from like this crazy mysterious uh going through that cave the exciting just caution to the wind cuz now you're on survival mode mm. and then he comes out and it's like immediately all that work is like all right i guess since i don't want to die right now here's the here's the <laughs> idol <laughs> yeah like, yeah it's so especially at the beginning of a franchise beginning of a movie to have your hero work so hard for this object <laughs> and you feel so triumphant for him and then yeah he just has it he gets bested in a matter of minutes and then has to run mm -hmm. for his life because he's still getting like chased down and yeah. I, I love the like he hops in the plane his getaway plane and the snake is there so immediately you just saw him go through all the shit and all yeah. of a sudden you immediately learn like oh he's afraid of snakes like <laughs> he has an achilles heel yes there's the weakness <laughs> and who the <laughs> fuck travels with a giant boa constrictor in the back of their plane <laughs> Jacques does. Jacques does. It's his. Jacques it's does. his buddy. It's true. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> but it's yeah. I I love how Indy just wings everything. He's just <laughs> he's so good at adapting to situations, and I think that's where the adventure mm -hmm. is. That he doesn't really know what's going to happen. He kind of knows a lot of things about the culture and the lore and all this stuff, but he doesn't really. He can't know everything because it's all lost to time, and so. He needs to figure it out on his feet, and he does such a good job of that. I love the scene with the sand where he's trying to figure out how much does that idle weigh? How much sand do I have? I'll take some out, maybe a little less. And he just has to figure it out. He's doing that all the time. He's doing <laughs> right. that when he's and I like that. running from natives and all that stuff. I like that with the bag of sand. I like that he's wrong. Yeah. I think that's so cool. And I and you think he's right for a second. You're like, we're okay. It's, it's right. fine. It Sweet. works. And then you see it drop. <laughs> I appreciate that. I think it's such a cool mm -hmm. way to, yeah, kick off this franchise. And, it, and when they made Raiders, it wasn't even a franchise. It was, no. here's a fun adventure story that Spielberg was like, well, what if we did it kind of Bond style, but mm -hmm. like archaeology instead? Yeah. Because those two things always come to mind at the same time for me. I... <laughs> well, George Lucas wanted it to be like the old 40s and 50s serials uh, yeah. at theaters. I don't know if anybody knows what serials are anymore. Probably not. It's basically before television uh, where they would have short movies, 20-minute movies basically, that would play at the movie theater. And they would change it every week. So you'd have to go again the next mm -hmm. week to see the rest of the story basically. Um, once television came out and and actually the sound era they became much more expensive to make in the sound era so they weren't as profitable but it was a cool idea to just have a little episodic adventure at the theater keep people coming back for more um, we're, our theaters nowadays are always trying to figure out how to get people to come back I will tell you what I would much rather have those old serials or the fun wacky weird shit that like Alamo draft house does for their movies. If you yeah. haven't gone to the Alamo, if anything go for how they 
handle everything before the movie. It is so mm-hmm. much better than that newbie bullshit that every theater <laughs> does where they just regurgitate the same clip over and over. And you're like, yeah, we're done. You've been saying, get your phone out and play this. Right. Game on oh, the they stopped the phone thing. They stopped the phone thing. Now it's just, that's good. It's this Maria Menounos or whatever. She's fine, but I always feel bad for her that she got stuck doing like yeah. these shitty trivias that it's a bunch of, dumb bullshit it's just, nobody it's, cares about no one segments. cares i'm like yeah. go back to like show the audience the trivia those were fun i remember going to the movies with friends and the trivia would come mm-hmm. up and everyone would be like "Ooh, it's this one i think it's this one granted you could only do it the one time because they just <laughs> repeated it every yeah <laughs> yeah yeah but they were fun um but i would much rather see like 10 minute short videos. I think that'd be way cooler, way more interesting, yeah. way more. Interesting. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And so trying to adapt that into a full length feature of just an adventure story. And I think that it did a great job. Yeah. I don't know any famous serials to know like what it would yes. compare to, but I know Indiana <laughs> Jones and I know it's fucking great. So. <laughs> it, it was interesting kind of learning all the stuff that they like changed their minds on or took out, of the movie, but left other things that still reference mm-hmm. the stuff that was cut. Like Indiana Jones really should have been rated R uh, for a few yeah. reasons. And originally it was rated R okay. uh, for the violence. Um, ironically, yeah. you and I have talked about the rating system before. <laughs> yeah. We have a whole episode. We have a whole episode about it. Go check it out. It's pretty cool. Um, but Indiana Jones is funny as a, Another funny example, I should say, of the confusing way the MPAA has always rated stuff. So they freaked yeah. out over the head exploding at the end, and that's what gave okay. Indy the R rating. That and, like, he was supposed to be a womanizer, much like Bond, mm-hmm. and they took that out. Uh, I guess they were supposed to allude to him sleeping with a bunch of his students, hence the student in the front row with the <laughs> love you. Love yeah. you. Um, they took that out. But the violence is what got it. The exploding head is what got the MPA to be like, oh, how dare you? So they mm-hmm. fixed it by adding flames over it. So on top of a burning <laughs> head or an exploding head, they're like, let's set it on fire. And that'll yeah. make it not seem as bad. <laughs> and the MPAA was like, more violence. We'll drop your rating <laughs> to a PG. Yeah, it's more violent, but it's visually <laughs> obscured slightly. <laughs> right. That's good. It's, makes no sense. But yeah, Indy was supposed to be kind of a womanizer. And I'm glad they took mm-hmm. that out because I think it would have been detrimental to the series and to that, yeah. like the impact that the franchise has actually had. Yeah, I like more of what it is, which is the potential for romance, and it is kind of romantic. I mean, you're traveling the world, you're on adventures, yeah. you're in these exotic places. It's it's kind of best in like a romantic setting as opposed to I work. It's not like a James Bond thing where he's actually trying to seduce people for information. <laughs> he's a spy. It's his job kind of thing. Uh, the the archaeologist doesn't get a lot out of <laughs> right. seducing women. But I like that they like they focus on him being a professor. I yeah. like that a lot where you see him talk. I like all those little 
like when you see him dressed up in a suit oh, and with the glasses tweed with like yeah the perfectly combed hair he looks professional he he's not yeah. gruff like he's yeah. clean it's he, like it's like when superman is wearing a suit you're like <laughs> there's a there's a badass under there that nobody knows about and that's <laughs> right. the cool part <laughs> i it's so funny like i love how even as a professor he's trying to spell out neolithic and he has to like pause and he's like wait <laughs> and he, okay yeah that's right like i've always loved that little detail i think it it brings him down mm -hmm. to our level if you will like yeah the super intelligent guy we've seen him get bested already we've seen him be wrong about like his mm -hmm. cleverness and now we get to see him question how he's like he's teaching this subject and even he at the same at that moment is like shit yeah how do I spell this? yeah he seems to be an adventurer first like that's his love yeah. that's where his heart is and then he's kind of an archaeologist second where that's his <laughs> background or that's what his dad wanted uh and but that's not exactly like he's not a like a stuffy in the classroom kind of guy <laughs> right right in fact which he, is cool he like spends no time in the classroom essentially because immediately we yeah. get to meet brody and he immediately pulls him out and was like we've got a fun potential adventure you gotta hear these guys talk about this yeah the u.s government wants you to try to find the ark of the covenant which i was trying to like i was doing all this you know note taking kind of learning as many tidbits about it were you able to i could not find something at least like concrete but were you able to find a pinpoint what made lucas and spielberg and kazdan really like hone in on why they went with the biblical artifacts between the ark of the covenant and the holy grail i mean the holy grail to me seems like an obvious mm -hmm. one because it's like the biggest mysterious artifact of all time um, but the Ark of the Covenant has always struck me as such a, like, specific, what made them pick that? I could not find anything specific yeah. to it. It just kind of seemed yeah, like. I don't know exactly other than I think it fit the overall story where you have this, uh, you have this mystical object mm -hmm. that was supposed to essentially contain God and and that it would that the the jews and israelites would carry it around and conquer cities with it that seems like yeah. a natural thing to have uh, other world conquering entities like the nazis interested in <laughs> and there's a lot of real interesting history with the nazis that were actually genuinely interested in mystical and and Superpowered, um, oh yeah, research. Hitler and, was, and... Uh, he was on board with all the the weird make believe shit that he was convinced was real or could potentially be real. Yeah, um, like he had amassed enough earthly power to take over the world, and he wanted to take it to the next level and find find this thing that would make him emperor of the world or whatever. <laughs> true enough. True enough. But yeah, the arc is such a it's a, it's so interesting of a choice to me because I feel like I feel like there's still such a high percentage of audience when it came out 
and even to for these days that probably have no clue what the arc is mm. if it's real or not um so i think it's interesting because it does get referenced and yeah. three out of the four and i'm sure it'll mm-hmm. get referenced again in this fifth one yeah um yeah it's the founding uh MacGuffin, basically. Oh, right right um it's just it's always been such an interesting decision to me and it's kind of i like the idea that what what i've kind of like landed on for my own sake and agreeing with what you said of like it's just this all-powerful item for the nazis to use mm-hmm. especially during that time which would have been let's see that takes place in what 1935 36 uh 36 yeah so yeah things in nazi germany are starting to really boil up so (laughs) yeah and i like i like when india is recruited by the feds to go after this thing you know he tells you basically that he doesn't believe in any of this mysticism stuff yeah but he is very interested in just the archaeological historical significance and i think that's a cool thing for them to have gone with is like he puts you know the science and all this stuff first but yeah he's also very open to there's some weird shit that i can't really explain what's going on and it makes me not know what i actually Mm -hmm. believe or don't believe um yeah and i think kicking the whole thing off with this whole franchise with that kind of mentality of like you kind of have to be open to being challenged and maybe go Mm -hmm. for like significance of something more than just the glory although the glory becomes a thing that they talk about later on in the franchise Um, yeah but it's just always been very interesting to me even from a young age Mm -hmm. and maybe that's because well you you and i were raised in very similar homes we were both raised in fairly religious based homes so having like this mass huge movie like focus on such a significant biblical artifact was like this is weird for a wide audience and they're not like (laughs) talking about it as a miracle or as like yeah it's like you can have a christian object in a movie and it's not like veggie tales (laughs) right okay you're like this is they're making it cool and (laughs) like yeah you have indiana jones like reading the bible and he's like no, everybody knows the Bible. Don't you know the Ark of the Covenant and all this stuff? And you're like, wow, he's so cool. It's just, it's so interesting to me. Even when I watch it now, I'm like, even at where I am at, you know, my beliefs or non-beliefs, like watching it now is still very, this is such an interesting decision. Yeah. Yeah, I think it probably was more mainstream in 1981. Yeah at least as far as general knowledge goes, even if there wasn't uh, widespread, it was more of like, yeah, everybody's heard of the Bible stories or whatever. I do think it's interesting. Um, I think it's more interesting for Temple of Doom to bring out uh, in 84 when it's kind of like the satanic panic era. Uh, Maybe not the best time, but (laughs) You know, human sacrifices, pulling hearts out, magic rocks. Kidnapping children, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but the other great thing about Raiders which we already talked about in our Top 10 Crushes episode is uh, Marion Ravenwood and how she's set up as Indiana Jones had this old buddy who had this 
staff head, a head of a staff that was very important. The as staff far of as a, Raw. Yeah, the staff of Raw had this uh, piece at the top of it that they need in order to be able to find the Ark of the Covenant um, and have never really had a reason to try. Uh, and so he needs to find uh, his old buddy, Professor Ravenwood, uh, who had basically sounds like he'd been like a father figure, a mentor to him. Um, uh, and then he also had kind of fallen in love with his daughter, who was much younger and uh, broke her heart a little bit. Yeah, which I don't know why, but I've never really like focused on the detail of the age difference. Yeah. Until even though she she says she's like i was a child right and you're like wait how much of a child are we talking i was looking it up and i was like oh my god there's like a 10-year difference and i guess from what lucas and spielberg and and Lawrence casting had all kind of summed up was like it wasn't an actual romance but she was like 15 he was 25 and she kind of fell for him and i guess he their idea was that he kind of placated it, but they were like, but yeah. no lines would have been crossed and he wouldn't have done that. And then he bailed and that's mm-hmm. what broke her heart. And I was like, that's more of young girl and infatuation. Yeah, but I never focused on it until prep for, you know, for this episode, <laughs> I was like, Oh God, this is so weird. And then I had to start thinking like, well, okay, the movie takes place in the thirties, but it was written in the eighties. Mm hmm. And things were a little weirder in the 80s. Like, I think that's one of those things where it just wasn't thought of. Like, there's always yeah. been the huge age gaps in, in couples. And no one's ever really batted yeah. an eye until late 80s into the 90s. Yeah. Or really given it. Well, the world was so different in 1936, yeah. too. If you think of the context of the characters... 16 year old boys were lying about their age so they could go to war <laughs> right <laughs> uh, i think that uh 15 year old girls probably were more mature as well yeah <laughs> oh well <laughs> but it i think it's handled well enough that you don't have to dwell on it you get the idea or we have always had the yeah. idea just by watching it that they have some history that that was tumultuous and they didn't really click uh, but there's also still sparks there and, and, and they're older. And she, she even though she's younger than him, it doesn't matter that much. Her, her opening or her introduction is still one of like the funniest scenes, the, the yeah. drinking game drinking. that they're doing. <laughs> I shake my head every time I watch it, you know, cause I used to partake heavily. <laughs> And seeing the amount yeah. of empty shot glasses between her and the dude, I'm always like, yeah. I don't want to say that I, I've done that many. What <laughs> I do want to say, I've been in that guy's position where you finish a drink and that's <laughs> it. <laughs> like you are yeah. lights out after that. <laughs> mm-hmm. But it makes me laugh every time because she gets right up, she collects her money and she's like yeah. on point. And I'm thinking... She's a a shark at drinking. I know. I'm like, even the most experienced drinkers after that many shots, mm-hmm. that you would still yeah, be a little I, like, oh. I still wonder. I'm like, how do you, is she like throwing it next to her or something? Like, how is she able to hide all of these drinks? Cause there's no way she's drinking. She's a 
small, small woman. Person. Like, I don't understand. Yeah, it's wild. But but it sets her up well as someone who's able to handle, take care of herself. She runs this bar in the middle of wherever, and, and she's it's cold she's and able to take care of herself. She's able to adapt to like kind of shitty situations if you will like you kind of get that sense of her i do love when indy walks in and you see his shadow cast like this great figure on her wall and she instantly is like indiana jones (laughs) just so mad immediately (laughs) this son of a bitch (laughs) yeah (laughs) right yeah i love that too I i mostly love when the nazis show up and tote the played by ronald lacy who is the scariest son of a bitch you've ever seen he, especially he's as a such kid. a like he's all he's sweaty such a snake and... yes yes exactly that's exactly what i feel when i see him is that he's so maybe it's the german accent a little bit too i think it's but everything i think it's so the higher pitched voice i think yeah the sweat just the way he carries himself he's he you just feel yeah gross when he's on screen and it made me feel challenged and i'm gonna challenge you with it too because after watching raiders Mm -hmm. a handful of times he doesn't do a lot but he's just so gross on screen he's effective he's very effective Mm -hmm. and i found myself like how did jake and i both not only (laughs) include this guy in our favorite villains of all time but neither of us even mentioned him as an honorable mention. Yeah, that's true. And I was like, if he's anything, he warrants the honorable mention. He doesn't do a lot, but he's effective. Mm-hmm. Incredibly effective. Yeah. And it holds up. Even as an adult, I'm like, I <laughs> yeah, don't you like still you. feel gross about him. Like, I get yeah. happy when he grabs onto the head of the stat, you know, the. Yeah. And it burns his hand Has and he screams in pain. Moment. Every time I'm like, good. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was like a home alone thing where he runs outside and throws it, puts it in the snow. Um, one of the, you already mentioned Marcus, who I love as a side character of Indies, but I also love Sala as his yes. friend in the Middle East. And, uh, and it feels weird when they're not in it. That's part of the reason why Temple of Doom is a little weird yeah. for me because neither of them are in it. And it's just Indy on his own. Uh, and so when he goes and meets Sala and meets his family and, and of course takes Marion with him because she's his goddamn partner, uh, <laughs> that is, it's a very fun, uh, fun time as they're trying to just figure out where the dig is that Belloc is doing and that Belloc's even involved. He was the original guy that stole the idol from Indy and now he's trying to steal the uh, Ark of the Covenant as well. And not just for himself, he's doing it because he's been hired by the Nazis. Like, yeah. Not only are the Nazis the world's enemy, but like <laughs> now they're personally Indiana Jones's enemy as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a race against time to find this uh, Dude, I, thing that nobody's ever found before. I love Sala. I'm with you. I think Sala is just, when he comes on screen, I get happy. There's just something about mm-hmm. the way that actor carries the character, his excitement yeah, when he sees Indy. It's just fantastic every time. I mean, you mm-hmm. as a viewer can't help but just be like, I, 
Sala's my friend too. Like you just get very happy about Sala. <laughs> yeah, he's very welcoming and it kind of makes them a part of his family, which I like. Yeah. Don't eat the date. Uh, there's that Yeah, don't eat the dates. There's that scene in the market in, which is a big scene and I was especially thinking about it cuz we just did our episode about our top 10 movie scores mm -hmm. and how music can like change a scene. When Indy's walking with Marin and they're kind of just talking, uh, and then these dudes jump out and they start fighting them, the music is exciting, but also kind of fun. And I think it works so well that the, the whole situation, which should be incredibly terrifying, and they're trying to kill them, they're trying to kidnap Marion, they're trying to do all these things, and Indiana Jones is very acting, very yeah. distraught. He's taking it very seriously. But the music is kind of fun and adventurous. And so you feel like it's not high stakes. I guess well, the you, tension is not terribly high. You feel, to me, I would say that you still understand it's high stakes. Like there's high risk throughout the movie, throughout the story. Sure. To me, what the music does is just constantly keep you in a state of you're on this adventure. And an mm -hmm. adventure is fun. And exciting but there's so much danger along to it but i i appreciate yeah. the music because it keeps me constantly feeling like everything's moving you're constantly running there's always a chase there's always something going which is probably why so many people like signed up to be archaeologists post raiders of the lost <laughs> ark and thought yeah. it was gonna be like global chases just like people you know young people sign up to become cops or detectives because they think it's constant car chases and gunfights and you find out it's paperwork yeah. upon paperwork. Uh, yeah. Archaeologist is even more, <laughs> even more paperwork and, and sitting and staring at textbooks or I guess computer yeah. screens now, which not much different than what people do, but no. uh, I just, I think the music in the Indiana Jones franchise does such a good job of constantly just keeping you in the moment of an adventure story You're constantly. Yeah. There's something new to learn. There's something new to uncover. There's something new to rescue or like course correct, you know, which Indy mm -hmm. constantly has to do. And it doesn't help that like he's being hunted down. You know, you got the assassin <laughs> with the monkey, you trust the monkey, right. but then you don't trust the monkey. And yeah, that monkey is a little, little jerk. Yeah, that monkey is, uh, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but, and, and you know, him like when Marianne gets taken and she's in the basket and you're trying to figure out which basket she's still in, the music is very fun. Yeah. But you're watching the scene and you're like, shit, he's totally lost her and I've lost her. Where the hell is Marianne? Like, uh -huh. I just think they did such a good job. John Williams does such a good job of just kind of completely encompassing all the different emotions that would come with an adventure. You know, it's yeah. not just peril, but it's not just fun mm -hmm. and games, but you're going to play, you're going to toe this line. Cause it's still like a family adventure story. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I totally agree. I think that it's interesting to watch it, uh, the Indiana Jones movies because they are fun and there are jokes in them, but I don't think there's like the bump bump jokes that you get in no. like a Marvel movie or whatever nowadays, where it kind of takes you out of it. Yeah. It's more of like, uh, 
oh wow i can't believe we survived that kind of a well joke. it's always and, uh, all the jokes that i was noticing they're all very sarcastic mm-hmm. they're all very just like tongue-in-cheek i can't believe we drew in this again or you know it's not yeah. the years honey it's the mileage like <laughs> yeah yeah for sure it kind of it sets the character and doesn't take you out of the character yeah i just feel like the jokes in this franchise or at least in that trilogy well actually you know what i will even say some of the jokes in crystal skull still maintain it feels more natural because it's just pure sarcasm in the moment it's just yeah they don't care to be a one line none of them feel like a one-liner they feel like something mm-hmm. we would say to a friend yeah. or to someone that we don't like like that's how i mean <laughs> We're not going to go and shoot right. a guy who's wielding swords because I just don't have the energy. But <laughs> which is yes, a great there, joke in a of itself. Of, um, there's a lot of good physical jokes like that yeah. too, where he's had this all this fist fights. He's been whipping dudes, and then this man in black shows up with a giant sword, and everybody parts like <laughs> right. the Red Sea, and uh, and he just pulls out a gun and shoots him. That's just classic, a classic scene, and. I think most people know the story behind it now, but it's always one that I feel compelled or feel the need that I have to share every time I watch it. I feel like you've seen that meme or that little reel or whatever it is. If like it's some person sitting watching a movie and the caption is like, when I watch a movie with someone and I have a fun tidbit about a scene and I have to share it with someone, I'm that person. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm good at containing until like moments like this, but I love that one of the biggest scenes ever, one of the most just loved scenes ever is all thanks to Harrison Ford having like the worst food poisoning of his life and was too sick to <laughs> oh, film yeah. a fight scene. So he pulled the pistol out just to end the shoot. And they were like, brilliant. That's what we're going to do. Like, that was not scripted. <laughs> that was nice. That's incredible because it, yeah, it does go down as probably the top moment it, or top 10 moments, three moments in the movie. In that one, especially. Yeah. It's just, and it's yeah. so fun. You feel like every time I watch it from a little kid to now, I feel like, man, what a, what a boss move. What a, just a, like, <laughs> like that's yeah. the move. Yeah. <laughs> And you don't have to play by their rules. You can you you do whatever you right, want. Like, I guess oh, life is easier. Okay, <laughs> and yeah. you move on. And that, not to jump ahead to Crystal Skull, but there's a scene that is the opposite of this scene, where they're in the jungle and they're on the cars and they're sword fighting between the cars. And all I can think of is why bother? Like why are you doing this? <laughs> and why are you sword fighting between the cars? You don't have to do this. And this is a perfect example is that that's really not what you should do. You should just pull out a gun or move on. Yeah. Like you can, you can choose a different thing to do. Uh, yeah. Mm. We're going to get to, to crystal skull in a little while. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you can see the flashes. I got my blinds kind of open, but I have some crazy lightning going on oh, right now. It's fun. Good. I love that. <laughs> Sorry. No, it's all good. No, I uh, Raiders like this. The first three are, I I mean, you you just nailed it. Where it has so many moments where they're perfectly set up. The adaptation to 
the situation is. Did you hear that? I heard that. Did yeah. you hear that? I did. <laughs> so that was thunder in Texas. It's fun. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I got a notification. Yeah, yeah. severe thunderstorm. Fun. I'm not leaving, so we're okay. Cool. But yeah, like that. That first, those first three movies, that first trilogy, really, every situation that is presented to Indy, he's got to think on his feet and he has to adapt and find what's the quickest way to get out of this situation. Like, you know, yeah. the opening of Raiders is the best example, in my opinion, maybe on par with the the gunfight, if you will, the, where he shoots the guy with the swords of just like mm. caution gets thrown, like just find your way out and go. Whereas right. Crystal Skull, like you said, they drag <laughs> on situations that you're like, why? Well, yeah, for the last third of the movie, they drag on, but we'll get there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but Raiders is just, dude, when they get to like the dig and he's trying to yeah. find the actual site. You know, Marion's like presumed dead, but were yeah. you ever convinced Marion died? Yeah, I remember even as a kid being like, she's not dead. There's no way they're yeah. going to kill Marion. <laughs> For sure. I mean, it, it's satisfying to see Indy upset about it. Yeah. But uh, you're, of course, not terribly surprised when she shows up with. Uh, in the dig site with Belloc and all of that. Oh, I just and, lost power. Yeah, she's too Did great you see that? to not have in the rest of the movie. Uh, that was fun. Did, did it go out all at once from like a big lightning thing? Oh, everything just shut yes. down. Everything. <laughs> That's exciting. The lightning's still going on. Like it's still pretty vibrant. There's a chance it's going to knock everything out all again. Right. Uh, We're talking about Marion is not dead. She's still alive. Oh, and we're at oh, the dig. Um, the whole dig site yeah. area. I. It has one of my favorite shots, um, in this franchise, which we already talked about at the start of Raiders with like, uh, his silhouette yeah. and stuff. I love the shot of him on top after he figures out the actual spot. To yeah, do I know the exactly day. what you're talking about. The shot of him on, like the that dirt sunset. in the sunset. Yeah. It's so fucking Yeah, when cool. he takes off all of his, like, disguise and puts the hat back on. Yeah, it's just, it looks so cool. And I was like, it had it had me thinking, uh, and you and I have talked about this kind of thing before with a handful of movies, honestly. I think we even brought up Indy of just, like, there's these characters or these movies when we watched them as kids where we were like, that's the guy I yeah. want to be. That's the kind of man i want to be or whatever whether it's like an actual like superhero because you're a kid and you think you're gonna fly <laughs> or or whatnot but you know like i've talked about mission impossible did this with me too ethan hunt where it was like i want to be like that kind of a dude that's that's the kind of dude i want to like aspire to be yeah. like i think indiana jones might be the one that actually started that kind of like this is this is how I should conduct myself, or this is the kind of uh, impact I should be able to have on other people, yeah. where they just see me and they're like, "That's the kind of person <laughs> I need to be around." Not to get on a personal soapbox, but like that's 
I, I'm not going to say that's like a, a toxic masculinity trait or whatever, but this was like rewatching it. Mm-hmm. I just started thinking, man, Indiana Jones, I think has had a deeper impact that I may have ever given him credit yeah. for. And I think it's such a good, <laughs> clear hero character who has his character and principles kind of on the surface on his sleeve. And so yeah. you can just in- see him and instantly know what he's about, what he will stand for and not stand for. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I think he's a great one that to just, especially as kids grab onto and, and, your imagination for the adventure kind of runs wild. I love how I guess flawed he is. Uh, He's not perfect. He messes stuff up in every adventure he goes on. Uh, I think that's admirable. I think that's like, that makes me respect the character even more and thinking about, you know, childhood impact. Like I'm kind of (laughs) glad that my parents like let me obsessively watch this in last crusade his uh, power is basically not it, giving up because even though he tries something yeah, it doesn't just, work he tries again and just picks himself up and keeps going and he's he's constantly in a situation that he would much rather probably not be in yeah. he's probably always wanting to just be able to find the artifact get it to the museum so they can sell it and study yeah. it like that's all the dude wants to do. <laughs> be nice, it was easy. But he's always having people trying to kill him. He's always having to be on the yeah. run. He's getting into fist fights. <laughs> uh, but this, I love when him and Sala, you know, they get the the plate mm-hmm. off here or the the ceiling tile, I guess, technically off. And Sala's like, the floor's moving. <laughs> Why is the floor moving? Yeah, snakes. <laughs> Why'd it have to be snakes? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's it's so great, and especially his. Even though you've established that he hates snakes and that it's a phobia of his, <laughs> he still forces himself to go in there and, <laughs> yeah. and be in this ruin full of these things. Full of, I mean, thousands yeah. of snakes, thousands of snakes. It's crazy to me how many snakes are all over the place. Yeah. I, I still kind of wish like when I was a kid and on, I watched it on VHS, you could see the scene when he, he he is down in the pit and they throw Marion down with him. And, and there's that snake right in front of their face. You used to be able to see like the plexiglass in between them a little bit, a little bit of a reflection and they've cleaned that up since in digital. But I still, that was always like a fun thing of like, once I learned that that was a little like nugget or trivia or whatever, then I would point it out to everybody. I'm like, did you see that thing? Oh, did 100%. you see the movie making magic behind the story? You're like, what, what I had showed my daughter, Indiana Jones the first time. And yeah, the Cobra is right there in front of mm-hmm. him. I remember looking at her and being like, that's a real Cobra. <laughs> All that was between him and the Cobra was like this little piece of glass. That was all that was right there. She was like, are you serious, dad? (laughs) Like, yeah. yeah. Now you have to tell kids, no, it's a real animal. It's not a CGI animal. It's a real animal (laughs) that is unpredictable that they're working with. Like that's, that is a very dangerous predator right there. (laughs) Yeah. 
Yeah, that whole sequence where they're Ugh. what was that? It's hail. Oh. Yeah, hail's kind of <laughs> sorry. Like, I don't, you didn't like that. I don't know what that was. No, no, I, I don't like that. Nobody does. Um yeah, so I love when him and Marion are down there with all the snakes and like there's that shot. I don't know why. I don't know why it's so effective. But there's a shot of the snake going through her high heel. Yeah. Like the toe yeah. part of it. I have no clue why. But watching the snake slither through the shoe mm. is just as effective as watching snakes like slither out of a skull. Yeah. I don't know why. But it's just like, oh, that's... Like, I'm not afraid of snakes. But I feel if I fell into a mm. pit that has 2,000 plus... Yeah. I'd probably be a little affected by it. I probably wouldn't want to go down there. And yeah, I would. Place, def- if I didn't already not like them, I would start right then not liking them. <laughs> right? Like, that would be the beginning of a phobia. Yeah, that's I how feel. you I define feel that. that. Would, uh, not end well for me. I would not be able to, like, think on my feet of how do I knock this statue into that wall so that we can get out of this yeah. room. <laughs> yeah, their escape once they get out of there leads to probably my favorite fist fight in the whole series where he's on the the tarmac with the airplane and and they're trying to figure out like get on the plane and get the pilot out of there and when that dude that nazi dude comes out with a bald head and a mustache and just big old arms it takes off his shirt and he's like i'm ready to rumble i don't know who you are i don't know why you're here but i'm gonna knock you out Yeah, the fight on the tarmac, it's so cool. It's so fun. Um, In terms of fist fights in the whole thing, I think I agree with you. It's one of those where every part of it is exciting. Yeah. You know, the plane is like going around in circles. They're all fighting. He's on top it of it. It starts with him down fighting below a it. little guy who he just like is <laughs> right. a normal fist fight. And he's tired out from that. And then the giant dude comes out. It's just, it's so fun to watch. Mm-hmm. And then you get like, I love the added. I think this is one of the fun, just another awesome thing about this series is the constant layering of like, oh, it was shitty before. Here's another one. Yeah. Oh, it was shitty before. Here's another one. Oh, we got one more thing to add on top yeah. of that. You know, you get the gas leak, you get Marion firing, you know, or still going in circles. The fire starts. He's still fist fighting. Yeah. They're trying to figure out how to get her out of the plane. Yeah, she's going to burn to cool. death inside of this plane. <laughs> and Indy can't stop and instead, fight. Instead, you get Indy kind of like distracting the big burly dude and letting the propeller yeah. take him, <laughs> which as a kid, that is like, Oh God, (laughs) they kill people with airplanes in movies. Like this is a thing. (laughs) Yeah. I'd never seen anything like that. It definitely stays with you, but it, it does also like, you're kind of like, that was awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Which brings me to another thing with, uh, this trilogy there. Each installment has like one or two kill yeah. scenes that you were just like, 
that was awesome. <laughs> yeah, I think it depends a lot on like, how it's done. Like, it doesn't show. You cringe, but at the same time, you're excited. Oh, for, for sure. It. If like I was watching it this time and trying to think about it more of what they don't show, which is this guy, and I yeah. imagine his whole face has been shaved off by the propeller. It's gone. Is down to the bone, and it just looks horrible. And that's definitely way worse than what they show, which is just some blood splatter on the airplane. And you're like, yay, it's over. You won. <laughs> right. I've Yeah. The older I've gotten, the more my brain adds to the damage that probably happens to that yeah. dude. I'm with you. I always imagine like half his head is gone. Yeah. And then I imagine as an adult now, I'm like, he's a big dude. Mm. He's kind of like he's. He's a big dude. I imagine the propeller hits the face and as the body's falling, rips out like (laughs) his entrails become his extra. Cuts him open, more blood sprays, and and then my brain's like, Well, thank God it all explodes momentarily because (laughs) that's some rotten flesh you don't want. (laughs) It'd be a smell bad. (laughs) Like that's how you get ants, folks. That's how you (laughs) get ants. Um, <laughs> uh, the car chase is good, uh, especially all every chase. Yeah, scene. you have to have a Ev- good car chase scene with with Indy. With Indiana Jones, whether it's foot chase or him on horseback chasing tanks mm-hmm. or car chases, like they are a pretty significant part to these stories. And I never really thought of that before, mm-hmm. but it really kind of came to light this time around. And I was just like, man, every single one of these, even the fourth one, although it's not <laughs> as well done, uh, have like very exciting, very entertaining car chases. It's not just like high intensity, but they're fun. Yeah. They got to incorporate all this stuff and rewatching this. You and I have a whole episode about it. And I feel like we mentioned this, this franchise, but if we didn't, that is a crime. I feel because the stunt work in these movies is top Mm -hmm. notch. It is unreal. And then it's even more unreal when you're like, Oh, Harrison Ford, the old dude on set was doing (laughs) the majority of his own stuff. (laughs) <laughs> yeah i know what we talked about a little bit in the stunt work episode i think more particularly around last here? crusade where he oh god uh, the the stunt performer has to jump from the horseback to the tank and and then also do the i think it's stagecoach the john wayne movie where he has to slide underneath uh underneath the car uh, but yeah stunts are incredible in all these movies the the part where he has the RPG and he's gonna blow up the arc if they uh, if they don't let Marion go is one of my favorites as well. Oh yeah, and also I said the, no camels, Sala. <laughs> the relationship with him and uh, and Belloc is also kind of entertaining, where Belloc tries to appeal to Indy's sense of history that mm-hmm. it's a priceless historical artifact the significance is so huge you couldn't possibly blow it up um even though they're rivals you can tell that there's a mutual at least understanding even though bellic will sell his soul to the nazis or whatever uh he still at least kind of gets jones's uh motivation i guess yeah i've always they never really give you backstory on him and bellock 
Um, I've, I don't know why, but I've always kind of in my mind, like formed this theory or this idea that Belloc is also a professor, maybe mm -hmm. at the same university or at a competing university. Yeah. Not just like a out in the field kind of archaeologist or adventurer, but like, right. I don't know why I've always felt like, Oh, he's, he's another professor, <laughs> but he, he has no moral value. He's yeah. all about only the glory. Yeah. Just and, a uh, professional rivalry. Yeah. I don't know why. I don't know why I've always thought that, but I think for it's some reason I, <laughs> I'm just like, that's what I've always kind of clung to. Yeah. Um, yet that whole like Indy obviously can't blow up the arc and he's not going to, you know, mm. kill Marion. He can't do it. <laughs> right. Like shit. Right. It, it's just another thing I, I respected that character. Just like, yeah, your bluff was called. And at least he's like, I'll own it. <laughs> to him. Mm. But the whole chasing during that though, like before, or like the whole, Oh no, I just mixed up last crusade. Sorry. Ignore that. That's <laughs> yeah, there's no tank involved here. <laughs> no, 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 my brain jumped. Deserts is similar. My brain. It jumped. is. It is. I blame the beer. Uh, <laughs> when they're at the like site, yeah, where they're opening do the site, yeah, yeah. I I remember as a kid thinking that the movie it feels different at mm -hmm. that point because all of a sudden it's like ritualistic, right? Yeah, and you haven't had Belloc's wearing like. Belloc's wearing like an outfit. Like he's a. <laughs> yeah, he's like a... he's changed. He's in like <laughs> some weird. As a kid, you're looking at like, this doesn't make sense. But as an yeah. adult, you can kind of watch it and be like, oh, this is some kind of like, this is part of the ritual. Like his garments are a yeah. part of what he's doing. Yeah. <laughs> Opening the arc. I mean, I, I really enjoy. Well, I like. Them opening it and there being nothing but sand in there. Yeah. That's satisfying. And then when it starts to like fizzle and then and then the spirits come out and it's incredible, but you're like, they might be friendly. They seem kind of friendly. They're just kind of flying around and everyone's like, wow, it's so beautiful. <laughs> right. And then there's a moment where it turns Dude. and it becomes terrifying. And everybody's the turn like, is still so well done. <laughs> done it's it's one of those scenes where i get excited because as a like fan of ghost stories and and horror genre you know yeah this scene is like oh god <laughs> even indiana like jones this is a horror some... scene in the middle of an adventure yes. steven spielberg like... movie this just took a crazy turn. And I remember as a kid just being like, kind of when I first actually saw that scene, you know, mm -hmm. when I no longer had to cover my eyes or knowing me, I probably like <laughs> Peaked, did this yeah. maneuver. You know? Totally. Um, but it scared, as a kid, it scared the shit out of me. Yeah. Because it is pretty. It is. It's very like, what is going on? Like, mm -hmm. and in the back of your head, you're thinking, oh, it's like, godly so you expect right. it to be like 
angels and, and nice. beautiful and yeah. you know yeah angels and just <laughs> and of course then if like you really think about it it shouldn't be shocking that it takes such a horrible yeah. turn because yeah, like this is that's an old, old testament. testament god that's like wrathful god that is yeah. he's very angry at everything god right um but yeah that shot of the spirit where it comes up to the nazi uh -huh. And it's like, oh, it's pretty. And the rotting of it is just like, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's enough to make you poop your pants. And, and I think they kind of aim to make sure they like really freak people out because mm -hmm. suddenly people are being like impaled by spirits and killed. And then you get the faces melting and then you yeah. get the head exploding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And lots With the fire, of fire. overlay definitely lots of fire overlaid you, you got to add the violence to tone down the violence okay yeah 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 everybody knows it's better when you're on fire it's true it's true let's add more pain and suffering to the scene yeah <laughs> but the the best part i feel like is the ending of raiders of the last ark where then i think this is the most serial-esque part of it where it they the government takes the the Ark of the Covenant and puts it in a warehouse with all these other boxes. And then you just start imagining all of the other uh, shit that that's in the world. To this day, mm -hmm. when they do the shot, that big wide shot, you know, he zooms out, you get the warehouse. To this day, I'm like, what is in these boxes? I need to know yeah what secrets are hiding in these crates and i'm like 1936 okay so obviously it's stuff that the u.s has collected before 36 <laughs> so what crazy shit has been going down yeah and then in a post crystal skull world <laughs> i find myself thinking why the fuck did we not pick one of these crates <laughs> right to be the subject matter of the fourth movie <laughs> That does seem to be so. As I was reading, I was uh, kind of what Lucas, George Lucas, and Steven Spielberg's motivation was, and it seems like they did have a really hard time coming up with like concepts for future yeah. movies, and that's part of the reason there's not a ton of them. Like right. there are, they did ten Fast and Furious movies in twenty two years or whatever, but it took forty something years to make five of these, uh, and it. Yeah, and the best they could come up with. I think they wanted to make another sequel since the early 90s, mm -hmm. and they didn't get around to coming up with Crystal Skull until 2008. It's so weird that they ended up with that movie and that concept and all that stuff. There's so many other options, I think. I feel like... Uh... We keep coming back to Crystal Skull. You brought <laughs> like, it up. You brought it up. You've we brought it up. About... I've brought it up. I, I feel like we're both just kind of like mentally prepping for the shit show that that yeah. movie is um yeah. but i had i feel like george lucas doubled down on his obsession with science fiction yeah for indiana jones and i think that's a big killer to crystal skull to get on that later okay but before we do that <laughs> temple, temple of, of doom. doom yeah i love the title logo where it's Indiana Jones. It's, but it's the only behind. one that does that. I know. I think it's cool. I yeah. do really like that. Uh, I don't. I don't like a ton about Temple of Doom. 
I think that it's okay. <laughs> and I think it's mostly okay because I know how bad it can be. <laughs> I I like Indy for the most part. I dislike Willie completely because yeah. I, the reason I dislike her so much is because she's just, she's not in it. Like she's not there for it. She's so resistant to the adventure. She's talking about how she broke a nail, all this stuff. It's so frustrating compared to Marion, compared mm -hmm. to Ilsa, compared to these women who are, who are down for the adventure and there to do it with him. Uh, it just doesn't work for me. Yeah. I've, uh, I, I enjoy temple. I actually don't hate anything other than Willie in it. Um, I can't stand Willie. She drives me nuts every time I watch yeah. it. Every time. And yeah. I agree with you. I th The fact that she's so resistant to the adventure itself mm -hmm. does drive me crazy. I think. And there's no I, moment where it turns like there where she's like, you know what? I get it. Or I'm here to help or whatever. It, yeah. She, it's the whole time. She's just irritating the whole movie. Uh, yeah. It makes me really wonder like, why did well i don't wonder but i used to uh wonder if like why did they make the leading lady mm. such a pain in the ass and so unlikable compared yeah. to marion who is a pain in the ass <laughs> but in like a good way because she's constantly keeping yeah. indy motivated like she's challenging and it's an endearing way. way that you feel like he kind of needs it in a way yeah Whereas Willie is challenging and I like you're slowing should us we down. let, should we let these guys <laughs> sacrifice her? Like, yeah, can we, okay. Yeah, exactly. Probably should have left her in the plane when it crashed into the mountainside. I don't know. I, yeah, it's possible. And I will say I have never been a fan of the opening to temple of doom. I like the gunfight. Yeah. I like the the car chase with short round. I think short round hitting the the bicyclist is one of the funniest gags <laughs> that they do in the movie. Yeah. Um but I don't like and I never really liked the opening music and dance number. No. I've always felt that it just it's not Indiana Jones. Right. It's just it's not. It's the exact opposite of Raiders, where it's in the jungle, it's exciting, it's mysterious. Yeah, uh, this this is just like, I guess, glitz and glamour in Japan. Like as soon as the the fighting starts, it's like okay, this feels Indiana Jones. Yeah, he's wearing like the suit and all that. This is a lot more like James Bond, where he's in a tuxedo it, yeah. and yeah, and he's trying to get the antidote, and he's trying to. Well, she's trying to get the diamond. He's trying to get the antidote. Like, there's yeah. some fun physical gags, but um, Temple takes weird turns because, like, <laughs> they get on the plane. You get the random Dan Aykroyd cameo, which is fun, <laughs> but never makes sense. No. Uh, but Temple, it's like, like a I, 1941 connection, which yeah. is another Spielberg movie. It's just. I, I, I do was always enjoy confused. Temple. I was always confused when he's in the restaurant and he has that friend that that helps him yeah. who gets shot, and that guy's like, "Oh, Indy, we've been on so many adventures together." And and I was like, I thought that short round was that guy's kid for the longest time, and that's why <laughs> that's why a short round goes with Indiana Jones because he needs to take care of him. Yeah, 
and then I'm like, no, that's not true at all. He's just some other Chinese guy, <laughs> not <laughs> not related at all. Someone I've always talked to him about this. He's someone from Indy's past who has happened to help him out. Mm-hmm. We've never met him. And then he dies two minutes after you meet him. Yeah. I have always thought there's a lot of impractical moments mm-hmm. that you forgive or you just like you accept. You just it buy into past. it. Yeah. You, yeah. You're just like you suspend your belief and you just enjoy it for what it is. Mm-hmm. I've always tried to figure out like how do you balance a tray on top of that style <laughs> of pistol? Yeah. Because you can't. No. <laughs> no. No, it's true. But Temple, like, Temple's weird because you, it goes from, like, kind of an assassination attempt on Indy's life with the pilots bailing out of the plane and it crashing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then suddenly they're in India and mm-hmm. tasked with finding the magical stones. It's always I do felt like, weird. I do like that idea. I don't like how it gets there. Yeah. But I like the idea of Indiana Jones kind of just coming upon some group that needs help and he has a skill set that's actually able to help them. Yeah. I think I think that's interesting. Or he comes across this tribe that has this problem and they're like, Oh, our our crops won't grow, our kids are getting stolen and and he is knows what the stones are. He knows kind of what the temple is. And he thought nobody was there anymore. Um, and so th- that kind of setup, I kind of like, I could have done with more of that, but it's whatever. But instead you got the, you, you're telling me that you, you're not a big fan of them using the life raft out of an airplane to survive the fall. <laughs> no, and I uh, don't. I don't like that almost as much as I don't like the refrigerator nuclear blasts thing. We're not getting to the fourth one yet. I'm just saying. <laughs> See, you did it too. Although it's I related. find the, the fridge more forgivable than the car into the tree. But we're going to get to it. We're going <laughs> to yeah. get to it. There's a lot in that one. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just, it's always felt, the beginning of Temple has always felt very off. Mm-hmm. And the movie as a whole, you can just tell, feels off. And it makes sense because when you go back and you read, like, you learn about it, mm-hmm. you find out that the only person that was really, well, two people that were really into it was Harrison Ford, who was like, it was what it was. Like, we yeah. enjoyed it. And George Lucas, everyone else, including Spielberg, mm-hmm. was like, we did not enjoy a moment of this movie. We like, <laughs> we're just making it cause we had to, and this was what we did, yeah. um, which ended up being repeated with crystal skull where Spielberg came out and was like, I did not like the whole <laughs> thing. I just did it cause he's my friend and this was his vision. Yeah. No wonder you can tell. <laughs> yeah. It's very obvious. <laughs> um, yeah, there's but a lot I of it. Do you were find... telling me about uh, the kind of the making of stuff and going back to why maybe why Willie is such an unlikable oh, lady. Oh yeah, because uh, both Steven Spielberg and primarily George Lucas, they were going through breakups. Yeah. Lucas was getting divorced, and the divorce was not like amicable. It wasn't a pretty divorce. Mm-hmm. 
it kind of makes sense that he would end up writing a story where hearts are getting ripped out. <laughs> uh, yeah. Your life is made a living hell and your mm-hmm. leading lady is the biggest pain in the ass that everyone yeah. hates. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, much darker story for a darker time. In their way lives. darker story, which I read a thing where like they had all agreed, Hey, let's try and go with a little darker tone. Mm-hmm. I guess originally to add a little more depth to the characters. Uh, I don't, I don't think it adds too much depth to any character. No. I think the movie just ended up getting so dark and so twisted just due to outside mm-hmm. circumstances, really influencing the story. Yeah. Um, I, I still don't understand how he went from a divorce to like child slavery. Yeah. That's the thing. I'm like, okay, you talk about ripping hearts out of people's chests. I get it. Totally makes sense. <laughs> right. Uh, enslaving I get that children metaphor. with enslaving children with mind control. I don't make that leap really. <laughs> right. That one's a little harder to, to connect the dots with. Yeah. Um, unless there was like, I don't remember if they had kids at that point, they may have, and maybe it was one of those cliche yeah. divorces where, you know, talk shit about the other parent who knows, <laughs> but, um, but even with that said, uh-huh. when I watch that movie now and I can find a lot that I, I enjoy and I'm very entertained by, I'll always love the minecart chase. Yeah. I'll always love it when Mindy or Mindy, when Indy snaps back to after short round, like burns him to yeah. snap him out of the, the trance. Yeah. Um, I always love that. I love when Indy tells him like, you know, Hey, it's me kid. Like yeah. that's just, you feel good as a fan of this franchise. When Indy snaps back, it's almost yeah. not just Indy. The character is back, but <laughs> it's almost like he's winking at the audience of like, now you're going to get what you originally came here to get because <laughs> yeah, you it's do going to be okay. You do. You get the adventure. Suddenly you get this crazy minecart chase. You get Indy saving all these kids, beating the crap out of all these bad guys, killing them in creative ways with the minecarts. Yeah. And it becomes fun and it right. becomes very enjoyable after that. Everything leading to that is just off. Yeah. Like it's entertaining, but it's off. Yeah. Uh, Temple yeah, like, I miss Sala. I miss Marcus. I yeah. miss a lot of the indie stuff. You don't have him in the classroom. He only gets dressed up for that one dinner, which is mm-hmm. the grossest dinner I've ever seen with the <laughs> snakes coming out of the big snake. It always makes me grossed out. What? You don't want chilled monkey brains <laughs> no. or no. eyeball soup. <laughs> it's horribly disgusting, but that's the point. And it's totally fine, but it's just like, it's not quite indie. So it's weird to make it a prequel movie. I guess maybe it works better as a prequel movie than if this was the first movie, it would not work well. Well, It's It's more of a, you already know the gist of the character. Here's just some other adventures that he was on. Yeah. Which I don't mind the prequel of it. I, it's a prequel that works in my opinion. Mm. Um, well, at least for the most part it works. Uh, I definitely understand all the grief about it when it came out. Like I was young and stuff. And when I finally got around to watching it, I had already heard mm-hmm. the complaints about it. And then having seen it, I get it. Yeah. Like I totally understood it because the whole time I, I remember just being like, this just why? <laughs> like what's with this cult? 
what's uh-huh. with this whole setup? My biggest complaint is that they get way too close to the lava when they're on that rack. It's it's impractical. You would be burned <laughs> they get alive. Really close. Way closer. You mean you have a bigger problem with how close they get to the lava, but not the guy still alive, even though the cult priest is holding his heart in his hand. No, that's mystical. Like there's the Well, but there's... you can use the same argument that the whole <laughs> right to lava? the lava okay. is mystical. But you, he didn't you can pull use the same out argument Lily's that heart. the mysticism of it all doesn't end until dipped into it to be he didn't purified. pull out willie's heart and willie is totally fine when she goes down a couple times okay see they should have just let willie die <laughs> they should have um, ripped out <laughs> willie's heart i think is what i'm saying <laughs> they, yeah. they should have just she shouldn't have ever made it that far into the story yeah she's um, just so reluctant and unhel- unhelpful i just can't stand her it yeah. does have some parts in it though that i really like like i think it's fun well, I like the shot, really, of when Indian short round are stuck in the the trap. That's exactly that's closing. what I was just thinking of, yeah. There's a shot of Indy where he's sitting there, and one of the spikes is, like, bending the hat down. Yeah, yeah. It just, it's a good shot. It's a cool uh-huh. shot. I like that. I like the traps that they get into. Yeah. Listening to Willie cry about a bug is a bit much. <laughs> but. Yeah. But it, it is kind of a funny juxtaposition where she's complaining about the situation she's in when they are literally being squashed to death trying <laughs> yeah, to get her to help. Really them about to die. Yeah. It's yeah, it's it kind of is funny. And, and you do have to laugh. I mean, you can't help but laugh when it's finally said and done and she's in the room and they're like, Okay, let's get out of here. And she starts the whole sequence over again. They're like, God damn it (laughs) yeah yeah for sure like you can't help but laugh about that yeah um yeah temple just temple never had that same kind of like super fun adventurous feeling until the last half hour of the movie i think it's it's, our film i think it's fun but it's missing the magic of the other two i will say i always love always love it when they're on the rope bridge and Indy tells short round like to hang on and he's like oh lady you need to hold on like tie yourself because we're going for a ride I love Indy's commitment to just being like fuck it yeah oh absolutely (laughs) and and let's face it watching bad guys get fed to a whole group of alligators that's Mm -hmm. just cool that's just fun it's always good fuck those guys yeah (laughs) I, I think my favorite thing actually about Temple is not the movie itself. Mm. I love Harrison Ford in it. it. Him as Indy is just perfect. Yeah. But what I like the most about Temple of Doom is it shook audiences so much that it, it and Gremlins are responsible for mm. giving us that PG-13 rating. I just respect the actual impact this movie made on hollywood and made on audiences of like having an understanding of oh shit some things are like it's not too overboard but it's pretty close (laughs) yeah Uh, Yeah, personal element i like 
what it did to audiences. This would be one of those movies of like the controversy of it at the time that it was released. I respect that. Yeah, I think that's cool because I think it led to something a little bit better. I think it added, you mm-hmm. know, another layer of how can we gauge what's appropriate or at least the principle of that. They still right. mess all that up. Right. Um, <laughs> but I, I like what it did outside of the movie more than I think I like the movie itself. But I say that as a fan of the movie, it's weird. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, It's, it's one of those movies that I love the character so much that it's done. It's done. Well, it's done well Mm -hmm. enough that I'm not going to, I want to watch more of this character. And so I'm willing to forgive a lot in order to get that. And I think it does, it has problems, but I'm definitely willing to forgive it and enjoy it for what it is. I think it still manages to give you just enough Mm. of what you want that it it keeps you coming back. It keeps you from being like completely just, oh, this is dead to me. Right. Um, Which can happen. Which can happen. I think it, I think as time has gone on and maybe it is, thanks to crystal school of audiences being like, you know what? Not so bad. Just like, you know, audiences before our time with return of the Jedi, where so many people were kind of like, this is not Mm. a great movie due to the Ewoks or whatnot. But then everyone watched episode (laughs) one and was like, you know what? Right. Return of the Jedi. Amazing. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. I think that same effect happened here because Temple of Doom, I think, has been completely absolved of all complaints, almost, it seems like, especially from fans, where everyone is like, sure, it has its problems, but we enjoy (laughs) it. We keep rewatching it. Yeah, it's still a good movie, generally. It's it's still a a well-crafted film. Yeah. But yeah, that's (laughs) not too much Temple. But But not as good as Last Crusade. And this one, Raiders might be the perfect one mm-hmm. in the franchise. Like, I agree with you. I think it is on par with Jurassic Park as just, it's one of those movies that's just, it's perfect. It's exactly yeah. how it needs to be. It's always going to stand the test of time. Don't ever need anyone fucking touch it and try and change it. Just, <laughs> yeah. Um, Looking at you, George Lucas. <laughs> right. But personally, Last Crusade is my favorite in the franchise. It's just, it's, I don't even, I try to pinpoint it every time. It is the deepest story. And I love the father son relationship of it. And the whole idea of like them coming to terms with each other and just learning Mm -hmm. how to like get over their own shit. Yeah. Reconcile. Uh, But it's just, it's so enjoyable. It's so fun. It's got Mm. super high stakes in it. You know, you get extra physical antics. It, it's almost like, and, and it's weird because saying this, because when I watched this the first time, I had only seen Raiders and then Last Crusade. And then when I was a mm-hmm. little older, it was Raiders Temple Last Crusade. But yeah. it always felt like this was the one. Like, yeah. This is how you actually end a trilogy. This is how yeah. you do it, where it's like you have all this build up, but this is your payoff. Mm-hmm. He, he's got immortality for... 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. <laughs> like you literally made this guy immortal, but then you take it away. Um, 
I just Last Crusade is just so fucking good. Yeah. I love Last Crusade so. Much. <laughs> yeah, and I I love everything about it. It's like you said, it's so enjoyable throughout. The opening with the Boy Scouts is yeah. so fun because you don't you don't really know where it's set initially and and what's going on, but to see Indiana Jones as a little kid in the Boy Scouts, it fits, it makes sense, and he's he's a little badass. He's like <laughs> right, on, he's like right out the adventurous. gate. He's and he's he's even like not afraid of snakes yet. He's grabbing snakes and he doesn't <laughs> care. And he comes across these other guys, a guy who looks like an Indiana Jones type guy, and uh, and the way that he steals there across uh, a Coronado and and it makes his escape and all that stuff. That whole sequence, especially with the train, uh, the circus yeah. train, with the lion and the whip, and you get a little bit of uh, Spielberg kind of. Push, pointing, nodding, or winking at the audience well, with all those things. You get a lot of backstory without really understanding immediately mm -hmm. how much backstory you're really getting. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's true. Like, you get so much in that opening sequence. Yeah. Why he's afraid of snakes. You get the scar on the on his chin mm -hmm. and, and the use of the whip. Why he keeps using the whip. You get the, the you hat. learn where he got the look from. He's yeah. based it on this one guy. Uh, he's the father, the relationship with his dad or lack thereof. Immediately you get that. You get the dog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I think is one of my favorite little details. Like you don't even know that you just mm. met the real Indiana Jones and that's not his name. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The joke doesn't come until much and, later. And I, I also really love the dog. Right. And, and I love that once again, cause it's like triumphant, you know, he's made it mm -hmm. off of the train. They have that cool thing in the magic cart where he like gets in the box and it somehow lets him out of the caboose and he's running yeah. down the tracks and he got the, uh, whatever he is the explorer guy just kind of like yeah. having that that respect for the kid yeah like good on you you did it yeah you um, did good but i've always loved how it all gets taken away from him just like at the start of raiders but yeah. now it feels worse yeah now it feels like because he's young he's a kid yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. Like, and and you feel like these dudes are just I mean, they're kind of the same as Belloc. They're in it for the money. They're just kind of gray yeah. robber type guys. But yeah, it feels worse as a kid that he works so hard to save this thing and also to show his dad and his dad kind of waves him off. And Or you feel like maybe his dad could have helped him, but instead he just has it stolen away from him. <laughs> right, like taken him immediately away. Yeah. Um, but it's always, I, I read a cool thing that, well, two cool things. So River Phoenix, uh, Harrison Ford actually picked River Phoenix to play the young version of him. I thought that was really yeah, cool. That was cool. And then to one up it, River Phoenix chose not to like, I guess, essentially play a young Indiana Jones, but he based his performance off of just hanging out with Harrison Ford, just watching mm -hmm. Harrison Ford mm -hmm. and learning him. And I was like, I just, it made me think of like Forrest Gump, but in reverse, whereas Tom Hanks based his whole thing off of the kid yeah. that played the young Forrest. This time it was reversed, but it was like that kind of 
approach, that performance works so much better than trying to focus on yeah. being a young version of this character. Cause the idea is to get the audience to believe this actor is that character. So why don't you base it off of this actor? Like I, right. I just thought what a cool thing that river Phoenix did. And, and what a cool thing that Harrison Ford was like in his corner. Yeah. From the get go. Yeah. And I think that's a thing that actors can want to do is like, how do I make this my version of that character? Yeah. Where Indiana Jones is such a, no, Harrison Ford is and will always be <laughs> Indiana Jones, and you can't change it. Nobody else can do it. So just do him. Yeah. Yeah. Just, it's him. And, mm-hmm. and it's funny because, like, you, we've grown up watching Harrison Ford. It's weird that he's 80, right? Yeah. Isn't that what you told me? I think time? so. Yeah. He's fucking old. He's old. He still looks pretty good for an old guy, but he's old. It, it's weird knowing, like, man. <laughs> I've watched this dude save the world yeah. from the Ark, from Nazis twice. Yeah, I've watched this dude save a bunch of enslaved children. I've watched this dude save his family from a hijacked Air Force One. I've watched this dude <laughs> like save his family from Irish uh, terrorists. I've watched him yeah. do all these incredible things, and now he's like 80 years old. And I'm definitely going to go watch him save the world one more time with Dial. Yeah, but uh, it I lost my track of what I was saying, but it's just been like it's so wild to me knowing that a lot of my movie watching life has been spent watching Harrison Ford. Yeah. And just all the interviews with him, all the stuff like he really does strike me as the kind of person who actually is Indiana Jones mm-hmm. just without the trekking through the jungle i guess essentially to find a buried treasure right but he's known for telling fellow actors like during fight scenes telling them like oh no it's a fight scene so hit me like he told Mm -hmm. daniel craig on cowboys and aliens like no no, i need you to actually hit me in the face like i'm not (laughs) gonna get mad at you but it sells the scene better he's he had stunt his stunt man on this movie told him like appreciate you doing the stunt work you have to let me do my job. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, for sure. I just, I think it's so telling of Harrison Ford, the, the man and the actor. And obviously he's the biggest proponent of why this franchise is so massive to this day. Yeah. I just, I've, I, I when I found out like how river Phoenix approached this, just based off of Harrison Ford, the man, I thought like, well, no wonder it per it, it perfectly fits. Yeah. Cause as soon as you learn that he's Indiana Jones, like, yep, I see <laughs> it. I get it. Yeah. There is no question in my mind. Oh, absolutely. And I, dude, I love that transition when, when the dude puts the hat on him mm-hmm. and you get the, the music score kind of comes up for that brief second. And then it's like the crashing wave. He gets punched in the face and all of a sudden mm-hmm. you're like, Oh, <laughs> like we're not trekking anywhere we're actually in the middle of a fight right now yeah love the yeah fight. and it's a continuation because he's still t- pursuing that same relic that he was after yeah. as a kid uh or came across as a kid and he really wants to close the loop on it basically i love that boat fight scene it's yeah. so much fun. it's short-lived but it's so much fun it's just i love one of the things that i think is just so f- entertaining and just fun to like kind of focus on 
is the sound design of like the hits yeah. in this in this franchise. I love the way every punch <laughs> or kick sounds. It's just yeah. like it's specific to this trilogy. I feel if you tried to put those sounds in any other action movie, it just wouldn't. Mm-hmm. I don't think it would fit. Yeah, I know what you mean. They they have a certain crispness and an oomph to them. Yeah, they're great. It's it's so fun. I love hearing it. I love yeah. hearing the the like to it and all that. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Uh, I also I also really like returning to kind of the Raiders uh, formula formula for the adventure for the object for the yeah um, the detail. I think that there's a lot of benefit to using something like the Holy Grail or using the Ark of the Covenant that comes with a lot of baked in uh, knowledge that you don't have to explain through exposition like. Pretty much everybody knows the gist. You just have to kind of barely explain it. And people know what you're talking about. You don't have that with the Shankara stones from uh, Temple of Doom. That's just something <laughs> right. that they just made up kind of based on certain things. <laughs> um, or Crystal Skull where it's kind of based on real Crystal Skulls, but also totally changed because it's aliens, which is dumb. Um, I, I like the history. I like the lore. I like all that stuff kind of being baked in. And so it works so well with this, not just as like a MacGuffin object, like the, uh, the arc kind of was, but in, in last crusade, it kind of represents the reunification of father and son. And it Mm -hmm. works well as a, as a total story. And there's, it's more than just something that has a big, ending it kind of actually saves uh saves his dad and he has to make a choice between uh, glory or or reunifying with his father and being okay so i like the overall story of last crusade and that's why i think i say there's a lot more depth to it than the other ones yeah yeah um yeah there's i feel like the idea of the search for the holy grail it, it always strikes me as like an an obvious choice, mm-hmm. but a good obvious choice. Like you're not going to get faulted for doing that. It, right. It's, I I think it's just one of those potential relics that just is always going to be at the forefront of mm-hmm. of people's ideas of a treasure hunt. You know, there was a whole crusade led. And yeah. it was a part of that, a, a small part, but it was a part of that. Uh, you know, the lore behind it is so massive and it, it's such an old story and it's such an old item. Yeah. Um, and, and it's just, it's the kind of adventure or treasure hunt that you feel would just be like meaningful. And I, I agree with you. I think they take all of those ideas and then they've, when you think like it's just about this cup, they really make you understand like the whole point of the story is really bringing, kind of grounding Indiana Jones and his dad. Yeah, the reconciliation is there, and just the the idea of like, kind of where they're both going to learn where they stand as who they are as individuals. Like mm-hmm. Indiana Jones, really, I mean he he has the whole line of like. Well, he gets told, 
you know, let it go. Mm -hmm. Like, this is not who you were. You are not, you were never supposed to go for the glory. Yeah. And he got caught up in a little bit of the glory for a brief second. But mm -hmm. I, I just think it's, it's such a cool story. And I, I know some people kind of like, don't like that. They turned uh, Marcus Brody into kind of the, the comedic uh, goof. Yeah. In the story. But I think it's played perfect. Yeah. I think it, he absolutely needed to be that kind of character. I think it makes it, it just adds to the mm -hmm. entertainment of the story. And, and another added level for Indy to try and figure out how he's going to keep everything together. Cause suddenly he's got this, mm -hmm. this dude who has the best of intentions and is a smart man, uh -huh. but he just does goofy things. He gets himself into goofy situations and yeah. Indy and has to not be that like, kind of, he's, he's a classroom guy. He's not used to being out in the field. And doing right. All and so Indy, like stuff. there's so many scenes with Indy where you can see him trying to like, keep Brody and like, no, no, you gotta like corralling all these different yeah. elements of this adventure. Yeah. And, and I love, I love the contrast in this where when you see Indy in the classroom, he's telling everybody there's never treasure maps. X <laughs> never marks the spot. Uh -huh. Like you, you're going to just spend all of your time in a library. That's what you need to do. And then it's yeah. literally like three scenes later. X is marking the spot. He's got the treasure <laughs> map in his hand. He's like leaving the library to actually go and and mm -hmm. find the stuff. I I just think that's such a fun a fun thing. Yeah. Um, I also think that Last Crusade does the best job of giving you like the clues, giving you the the actual treasure hunt. Right. Exactly. Where where Raiders is. Also the treasure hunt, but Last Crusade feels like those those old stories like Treasure Island or whatever, you know, where you're mm -hmm. actually having to make your way through, try and find these clues, try and figure yeah. it out, solve the puzzles. Raiders more has like a couple of things that happens. They get the staff, yeah. they need to go to the map room, they need to find the dig site, and then they have the thing. Mm -hmm. Whereas Last Crusade is more of a mystery and i feel like it does a good job of taking the audience with you to yeah. do you code the riddles in the in the book in the in his dad's journal and then yeah in the library with the x marks the spot and all that stuff and then the figuring out where the where it is going through all the trials and the and the, the penitent man shall pass and all of that stuff yeah. uh, i think it does a really good job of keeping the audience engaged by keeping them along for the ride. Yeah. And, and I mean, you're rooting for everyone. You, well, not, mm -hmm. not Donovan. <laughs> no, don't root for Donovan. No. Uh, and, and I, I actually, I know, I know like Lucas and Spielberg were kind of like, Oh, we're going to do Nazis again, like kind of reluctantly. Cause it was mm -hmm. a time period. I like that they stuck with going back to the Nazis and making them yeah. an enemy again. I, I thought that worked really well. It almost, it definitely felt like a, like a good callback to Raiders without mm. being the like full on callback to Raiders. You know, it was to me, I always took it as the arc attempt failed. So mm -hmm. now the, the Nazis have been trying to figure out, okay, 
what other thing can we do? Or Adolf Hitler was trying to figure out what other thing. Right. I, I think one of the funniest scenes of the movie is still Indy running into Adolf and him signing the <laughs> diary. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, I totally agree. <laughs> I love that scene. But uh, I know you had Elsa on your... Uh, Femme Fatales. or villains? Femme no, fatales. she was in my Femme Fatales Femme list. And uh, yeah, I've, everything I said before holds true. She's great because she's bad. She's working with the Nazis. She's ruthless. But she's also great because you feel like there's a chance she could be good. It's kind of the Catwoman thing where she's obviously a villain. But she, she, maybe she can be changed, or maybe she can be saved, or whatever. And you get that at that rally where they're burning books and stuff, yeah. where uh, where Indy confronts her. But before Indy even confronts her, you kind of see her, and she's there. She's all dressed in black like a Nazi, but she's kind of starting to cry. Like she actually does care about these books that they're burning, <laughs> right? Hoping, wishing that they didn't lose all of that stuff. Um, and so even when Indy confronts her, like, you're supposed to be a scholar. I can't believe you would put up with this. Um, she kind of pushes back and lets him know that she doesn't really. Uh, yeah, she's she's great. She's awesome. Except she's kind of gross, Jake. Why is she gross? She slept with both Joneses. Well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> there's a funny line. Uh, there's a funny line when they're on the, the Zeppelin. And... Yeah. Uh, and Indy's like, Dad, she's like half your age. And he's like, well, I'm as young and virile as the next guy. And he's like, Dad, I was the next guy. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's awkward for sure. Not something you talk about at Thanksgiving or anything like that. But It's so great. I love the, the Zeppelin stuff. I Are you able to? I'm not able to do this. But are you able to watch Last Crusade? And when he throws the dude out and turns no around ticket. and says it, no ticket. <laughs> I cannot watch that movie without mm. saying that line at that moment with the uh -huh. movie. I can't do oh, 100%. it. 100%. I have to say it line. every time. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I feel the same way. <laughs> like the, the third time I watched it in preparation for this, I, I had like, okay, I'm watching it. I've got my notes and stuff. Uh, I'm going to do a couple things. Like mm -hmm. I'll get some laundry going while it's playing. And I found myself walking out of my bedroom with my laundry <laughs> basket and the movie's playing. That scene's gone. I wasn't even looking at the screen. Mm -hmm. I just heard him get thrown and I'm like making my way. and went no ticket <laughs> with the movie. <laughs> it's like, maybe I've watched this movie too many times. No, not it's a not thing. possible. Not possible. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I love all of that. I also really love the uh, the kind of Knights Templar subplot in the movie yeah. where there's these guys that are chasing them and you think that they're bad, but then you realize that they're actually just trying to protect the grail. Yeah. And, and they have that great fight on the boat with the propeller, which is kind of reminiscent of the Raiders fight with the airplane. Um but now they're in a boat and they can't control it and it's getting sucked in and, mm -hmm. and the propellers chopping away at the boat. It's even better than the well, Raiders fight is. I love that guy's response to Indy about it. Cause Indy's like trying to do what has always worked for him in the past, which is like, mm -hmm. I'm going to threaten this guy's life. 
they'll yeah. give me what I want. Like they all cave, they all break. Right. And this guy flat out tells him like, I'm ready to die, like fully yeah. prepared to die. Are you? And I love how Indiana Jones has that like, uh, no, <laughs> no, <laughs> like, I like am how you can see it in his face. Like, no, no, don't want to die yet. <laughs> yeah. That was a total bluff. You caught me. <laughs> yeah. I, I like that subplot and I like that they come back. Yeah. I, I like that. I like how yeah, he's the infiltrated the, the palace when Donovan is selling his car. Mm-hmm. They're not selling, but giving him the car away as a gift so that they can travel to the Yeah, get horses temple. and camels and stuff. Yeah. Um, I like that they came back, and I like their gunfight. Mm-hmm. I also really appreciated that when that guy, and I'm jumping ahead, but when he gets killed, yeah, I really actually appreciate that they didn't give him a super long drawn out, like kind of dramatic death. Mm-hmm. I like that. It was quick. I like that. It, it yeah. happens very it's just fast. long enough I mean, for you to realize who he was and why he was fighting them, saving right. Indiana, basically it to me. Like, I like the idea that this group of, of protectors of the grail, like they're, they're dead now, mm-hmm. which means it's, it's, I guess in a way vulnerable again, Mm-hmm. But Indiana Jones has kind of been set up as like the next guy up. Like he's yeah. going to have to be the protector <laughs> in his own way, if you will. Yeah. It's kind of calling to him to, to well, he has to save it from the Nazis. Uh, right. And he's then, saving it from the Nazis what? anyways, but <laughs> yeah, he's also going to yeah. like, in a way, I, I kind of can't help but feel that Indy still would have like tried to do something to keep the grail secret there, yeah. you know, keep it sacred, keep it safe. I kind of feel like he would have brought the mm-hmm. temple down himself, anyway. maybe on his own terms, but I'm jumping mm-hmm. ahead a little bit, but I do feel yeah. that Indiana Jones essentially with last crusade is set up as like, he's not just this adventure. He's not just, the archaeologist, the professor, mm-hmm. but he's like he's actually trying to protect, yeah, something sacred in the world, and right. I think that's a cool thing. And I think Last Crusade—that's just another layer to how deep it actually is that you were bringing yeah. up. Yeah, um, it has that line at the beginning in the fistfight on the boat that it belongs in a museum. He's yeah. trying to protect these things and keep them from getting stolen. Uh, yeah, I feel that with the the original night. Uh, who gets killed and then also the old knight in the cave um, Mm -hmm. or in the actual grail room uh, that maybe this Indu could replace him or somebody needs to replace him in order to keep this uh, protection of it going forward. Yeah. And uh, I just, I I like that idea that like Mm -hmm. Indiana Jones is set up to be the modern day knight. Yeah. Like he he's your next protector. I, I think that's a cool thing. Uh, mm-hmm. I say modern day. It takes place in 1937 uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. or 36. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I, yeah, I, I feel sorry, like the, the other huge component that we haven't talked about with this movie is the, the 
Henry Jones Sr., Henry Jones Jr. Yep. dynamic and how great Sean Connery is at being that character. Oh, my God. Those two. Perfect. They are one of the greatest duos mm-hmm. I think ever put on film. Like they yeah. are so much fun. Their wit is incredible. <laughs> yeah. The, you you understand. I mean, there's only like, there's not a big age difference between the two. Mm-hmm. And they had to mask that by making sure Sean Connery constantly had white beard. And they <laughs> yeah. kind of made sure his wardrobe made him look older. Mm-hmm. And Harrison Ford had to stay like clean shaved. He had to make sure like you have to look young. Yeah. <laughs> Grr. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but they're what a team. I, yeah. I love it. They you were talking sell. Bef- you were talking before about the um, contrast between yeah. different things. I'd love the contrast between Indy, who's very adventurous. We're all very familiar with how adventurous he is. But his dad is very stiff, well, just academic. a scholar. Yeah, he's a complete academic scholar and obviously influenced Indiana, but also kind of opposed to Indy's lifestyle or <laughs> right. choices. Well, he's he's never really understood what all Indiana Jones actually does. Yeah. And so it's kind of cool to have him see what he does, but he's also there's, that there's tension there where he doesn't really... Uh, uh, respect it and you can see when indiana jones is like riding the motorcycle and he's getting these nazis off their tail and he's making them like flip and explode and all stuff and he like looks at his dad like wasn't that cool like can you believe i did that i saved us and his dad just kind of like gives them a look like he's not terribly impressed well, like, and you just see him killed Indy's- him yeah, Andy's face just kind of sinks like, oh, I disappointed my dad again. <laughs> yet again. It's, yet again. Yeah, yeah they so sell perfect. the father-son, the the like uh the troubled father-son relationship very well. Mm-hmm. Just I in do, looks. An- another thing that I, I really enjoy about that whole dynamic between the two is uh, also on the Zeppelin where Indy is complaining to his dad of like, you were never around. You never talked to me. We never mm. chat. Like we, ju- you ne- you were never around for me to talk to. And his yeah. dad flat out. is like, I'm right here. Like I'm here now. Talk <laughs> like he gets challenged immediately. And immediately yeah. Indy's like, I, I don't know what to say. I have nothing to say. And it's like, yeah. okay, well then like <laughs> <laughs> to me, that's such a, that's such a dad thing to do or a parent yeah. thing to do. And, and I've, I've done it to my kid. My mom and dad have done it to me when I was younger. I'm sure mm-hmm. they did it to my brother when he was younger of just like, you were just complaining about this one thing. Here's your chance. Like say what you yeah. want to say. And then you don't and you can't and you're like, yeah. I drawn a blank shit. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and it's I, kind of to, to show that you could if you wanted to. Uh, right. Um, that I'm, I'm open to it, even though I didn't facilitate the opportunity or whatever. Um, well, yeah. it, I think it, it's a good way to show, because um, Indy spends so much of like leading up to that of like blaming his dad or just like mm-hmm. holding his dad accountable for so much. And that scene kind of helps like reground him, you know, give him a little humility of like, 
I mean, you're at fault too, dude. Like (laughs) (laughs) you could have talked to your dad at any time. You could have have sat him down. Uh, Yeah. You could have reconciled this relationship so long ago instead of Mm -hmm. waiting until your dad has vanished and you have to not only go find the grail, but Uh you also have to find your dad because he's been taken by the enemy. Right. Right. Um, I I do like the callback to uh, to Temple, especially since Temple is a prequel where they're in the biplane and his dad's like, you know how to fly a plane? He's like, fly. Yeah. Land. No. (laughs) I like the callback because, yeah, he never lands any plane. He lets it crash. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I also love you were talking before about like in Raiders, Indiana Jones makes mistakes and just has to like work around them. I love when his dad is shooting the tail gun and actually shoots the tail off the plane. It's like, are we hit? Well, more or less. (laughs) And and it works well because even it's different than like Willie, who's like slowing Indy down and all this stuff. His dad is slowing him down also because his dad has no idea how to do any of this stuff. But his dad is also more adaptable like Indiana is where he, once they get on the ground, he uses his little umbrella to scare the birds up and actually saves them. Indy didn't think of that, but his dad is still, you know, creative or inventive enough to be light on his feet. Well, it's a good, you learn so much about Indiana Jones of like, he might have this rift with his dad, but clearly a lot of how he presents himself, how he carries himself comes across situation, handles situations. He's learned this, these tricks from his dad. And you see that from his dad, you know, that Mm -hmm. him making mistakes and like either, passing the blame or making a joke of it or yeah just the adaptability with like you know henry senior using the umbrella against the birds you kind of learn like he's been Mm -hmm. learning all this stuff from his dad clearly he got all the academic stuff from his father yeah um he's just kind of taking it on his own through probably a rebellious nature meaning well but approaching Mm -hmm. it in a different way than his dad would have rather seen yeah, for um, sure. Which is a funny thing that you got to say about Crystal Skull because they bring that back, but they flip <laughs> it a little bit. Yeah. Um, but him and Connery, like, I will always be bummed that Connery chose not to come back to Cameo in mm-hmm. Crystal Skull. I respect his decision to stay retired and be like, no, I don't want to just be a gimmick. I respect that. Yeah. I'm still a little bummed that I that he didn't show up, but yeah, I get it. Um, yeah, it's, the way they handle it is just that Marcus and his dad are both dead. Yeah, they've passed away, mm-hmm. um, which fit because I think the actor that played Marcus actually did pass away, and I think Sean Connery mm-hmm. passed away around that time too. Actually, okay, um, yeah, it fits, but it also. I, Crystal Skull has problems with making Indy look and feel old. And, and that's just one of the couple of things that we'll get to. <laughs> uh, but in last crusade, all the, all, the, all of the tank chase stuff 
I think is even better than the original Raiders truck chase stuff. That Um, tank chase is so fun. Yeah. And the stunts in it are great. The horses and the the leaps and all that stuff is horses, the leaps, Indy being stuck on the turret and like being dragged across the the rocks, him stuffing the rock inside the, the barrel. I, I mean, that, that whole sequence is probably one of the coolest, most enjoyable action scenes, like chase (laughs) fight scenes, I think ever put on film. It's yeah. so much fun. You hate that one Nazi guy. Yeah. He's just such a piece of shit. I mean, oh, Nazis sure. are all pieces of shit. But this guy is like, he's a... <laughs> in particular. Yeah, in particular. This one, y- you get happy when he falls off the cliff. Yeah. Yeah, and you but feel, I, and you are supposed to think that Indy fell off the cliff. And everybody is so sad his dad Sala, marcus everybody's there so sad and then he just crawls up and sits there Dude, out this, of breath nobody notices the last like this whole sequence has some of the best physical comedy the like accidental mm-hmm. moments that turn into something bigger i love how harrison ford just literally throws himself around on this tank you know he does that wild spin to try and dive off of it Mm. and he falls flat onto it they do the when his dad's like on the uh oh my on the tread and he uses the whip to catch him and pull him back like it's just full of super fun stuff like that (laughs) i i absolutely love when the tank's gone over hey yeah everyone's sad it's a somber moment and he comes up just so tired yeah like out of breath and he's just like <laughs> trying to see what they're all looking at i love how quiet he gives himself that nod of approval of like yeah right. <laughs> yeah, yeah that like, was cool wasn't it <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i also love that everybody realizes he's alive and they're so excited and they're like okay now let's go get the grail and let's continue the adventure and he's like, right, like falls to the ground he's exhausted he's tired he's just... until his hat rolls up and he's like you know what maybe i have a little bit more in the tank <laughs> right like okay we got mm. this we got this i i love the design of of this whole temple set i think yeah. it's so cool I, I don't know why, like the outside looks majestic or whatever. Uh, but when they go in, I love like, I love how it's set up. Mm-hmm. Like your path is going to begin immediately. And I love how it's right out the gate. You've got Donovan sending some nameless yeah. Joe, like red shirt. <laughs> right. Like your turn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he gets beheaded, you know, beheaded immediately. But I, I love how like, this sets up your, your three trials, which are all pretty close together. Yeah. But I like, I like the design of this whole thing. I like the blades. Mm-hmm. I like spelling God's name, Jehovah mm-hmm. and in Latin, it's starting with an I yeah. and the leap of faith at the end. I, I don't know why I've just always felt like, and I remember as a kid watching it and just being like, it felt important. Yeah. Watching the trials. It felt like mm-hmm. you're supposed to learn a lesson here, not just yeah. 
and the way he figures it out is is important like you're yeah. saying yeah yeah um that it still trips me out every time he does the the leap of faith oh yeah that, when the camera moves that shot and it moves and you see that it's like a hidden pathway it still yeah. trips me out every time i watch it cuz yeah. every time i'm like you can't see the lines i get it's all <laughs> editing and filming tricks but this is just it trips yeah. me out so bad it, and then when he throws the sand on it and it like uh, it looks like the sand is just sitting there it's mm -hmm. ah, trips me out yeah it's one of those things that <laughs> it just plays tricks on your mind and you can't really comprehend it fully like perception is dumb yeah <laughs> yeah i remember it just like expanding my brain as a kid and i'm like i don't even fully get it for a while i have to keep watching this movie over and over and over <laughs> right which is okay it's yeah. okay I think the design of the Grail Room. I love this design. I love the knight, how he's old yeah. and frail. Yeah. I love that. All he's had this whole time is, is the book. Uh -huh. You know, the Bible. He's reading the Bible over and over again for all eternity, which... Whew. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he's committed. He's committed. But I love the setup. And I love that... According to Henry Sr.'s diary, the only history, like when you finally get to where the the Grail is at, are those three trials. But you learn like there's one more, and yeah. it really brings out your own character, right? Like kind of your own vanity, right? Exactly. And, and I think that's like mm -hmm. it's a cool, it's a unique decision to do. I think. I've always loved it. And I've always loved how Donovan and Elsa come in and immediately, mm -hmm. you know, Donovan's like, there's so many in the night, you know, but you got to pick, yeah. but choose wisely. Yeah. <laughs> I, so there was a thing where they said, Elsa, you know, she's like, let me pick the grail. Yeah. And she picks this golden ornate just obnoxious looking fucking <laughs> yeah. thing gaudy and and i love how donovan like the way donovan holds it i love he's like bracing the base of it with his hand and like kind of yeah kind of cupping in his line of like it truly is the what does he say it's uh truly is the cup of the king of kings or something like that uh-huh and uh but they've said that like when elsa gives it to donovan the theory is she because she looks at indy she gives mm -hmm. him like a quick glance and kind of like a quick little very subtle head shake uh and people have said that's like supposed to be her another hint of her redemption which i know yeah. you're big on have <laughs> you taken that subtlety no. as that or have you taken it i've always taken it as her sincerely choosing that sincerely choosing it and kind of yeah. to me that little like look and head shake to indy to me has always been like sorry indy but yeah like you've lost right exactly that's how that, i've always taken it but i was I reading stuff about agree. it and there's so many people that have said 
no, it's supposed to be her, like another hint that she could be redeemed mm-hmm. or that she purposely chose the wrong grail. No, so that I don't Donovan think so. Would die. I don't think so. I think that she had no idea and she, she chose the best she could out of hubris or whatever. Yeah. And, uh, cause I, think she's genuinely surprised when Indy takes the one that he does, which is a little carpenter's wooden like chalice kind of thing. <laughs> and uh and so yeah, I, I think and, and then I think that she also fails to be redeemed later when she wants to, you know, take it across the threshold, the seal on the floor. Um so yeah, I don't buy that at all. <laughs> I'm with you. I was like I might be the only one that is going to stand by my, my original take on the yeah. scene. Um, I love that when he does drink it though. And he gets like the hair grows all Donovan's death, all, dude. It's fantastic. It's on, we the get Raiders, another gross now. death, you know, in uh, Raiders, we had the melting faces and the exploding head and um, temple. We get the big brute that gets like pulled into the rock crusher. Yeah. And he gets smashed and crushed, and then the dude's being eaten by the gators. And this one, Donovan decays instantly. Yeah. And it's even more scary because he's like still alive as it's happening. And so he like lunges at Elsa. And she's like, ah! and he's like <laughs> holding on to her, and then he blows yeah. up. <laughs> he's like basically like a zombie with melting skin and bones <laughs> and everything. He looks just like the Crypt Keeper from uh, Tales yeah. from the Crypt at one point, but it's yeah. a little scarier because you've watched him like decay and the sounds that he makes as he's like <laughs> gurgling away and shit. Yeah. Gross. <laughs> and you gotta love how the knight responds. I'm just like. He has chosen poorly. poorly. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's unfazed. It's yeah. like. How I've many, seen it before. Yeah, how many guys have you seen decay like that? And he's just sitting there. Yeah. Just another day on the job. I like how Elsa... And this is another reason why I don't buy that uh, she did that on purpose. Because she literally was like, what cup would it have been? And he's like, it's a carpenter's cup. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I love the design of the cup that they went with. Yeah. I like how it looks kind of dirty. I mean, it's got the gold plating or whatever on the inside, but I like that it looks weathered. Yeah. I like that it doesn't look rich. Right. I feel the design of the cup they went with fits better with the story that the cup is famous for being a part of. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of curious to know if anyone does not know the story of the Holy Grail, but that's not for this show. That's for, uh, there's a whole Monty Python movie about it. You should just watch that. <laughs> Go watch Monty Python, the Holy Grail. Um, you could Google it. You could watch Da Vinci Code, which will give you a whole different take on it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's kind of been around a long time. It's one of the most well-known stories of all time. Yeah. So if you don't know, like, fuck have you been yeah but uh i i like the design that they went with and i like i i just like how he like chugs the water and the night's like you've chosen wisely mm-hmm. but i love in that moment of triumph he's immediately told like but you don't get to take it out like this is where it stops yeah it's just because you 
guessed correctly, you don't you don't get to keep it basically. <laughs> right. Like the only it's not way a prize. Only way you're gonna keep it and reap the benefits is by like you have to sacrifice absolutely everything. You're stuck here. Yeah. If you expect to maintain the benefits of the grail. Mm-hmm. Um I read a thing. I've never noticed it before, and I can't believe I've never noticed it before. I'm curious to know if you did. Okay. So through the course of the movie, Indy is injured. He's bloody, especially like during the tank fight scene. He's got a bunch of cuts on him and shit. And even when he starts doing the trials, he's still pretty bloody and beat up. Mm -hmm. Um, When he comes back from getting the grail, he's completely healed. I have never noticed. Yeah. Have you? No, I can't say that I have. No. So I I guess it's obviously the healing power when he pours it on his dad's chest. Right. And I I guess this was intentional where they wanted to make sure he was bloody going in, but he'd be clean coming out. And the idea was to show that because he drank from it, Mm -hmm. like in that moment, while he's inside the temple, India is immortal. Yeah. Like he's, he's the dude right now. Right. I had never noticed that before. I'd always understood that the moment they leave the temple, he's lost immortality, but like he's been able to keep the healed mo- parts of him, you know, yeah. like, but he's yeah. not immortal. Just like his dad is healed, but he's, you're not immortal either senior. Right. Uh, right. But I had never noticed that before until I like read about it and was, Oh, that's interesting. How have I never, <laughs> Like, yeah. I kind of judge myself a little bit because I can look super deep into a movie <laughs> or catch something that's like obscure. Mm-hmm. This intentional, obvious thing that's literally in front of you. Yeah. Didn't even notice. Well, I guess I'll just have to watch it again. <laughs> right. Oh, shucks. <laughs> so, this is one of those moments where music to a franchise or to a movie to me is like, it just gives you such a, a triumphant feeling. Yeah. And, it, and it's when like they're getting ready to leave. And that's when you learn, like we named the dog, Indiana, <laughs> like Asala's is like, what's all this junior crap? Yeah. I, I love how Marcus is telling him like, I know the way follow me. And he goes writing <laughs> kind of recklessly in his Henry seniors. Like he got lost in his own museum, huh? Like, yeah. Yep. <laughs> the way, Junior. Um, I love how the the theme song plays at that point, and you get to see that it's literally like a western and mm-hmm. triumphant conclusion to the story. Riding off into the sunset. Riding, literally riding off into the sunset. It's so awesome. It's so incredible. And honestly, for the longest time. I never felt that a sequel was necessary. I, yeah. I, to the, even now, I am excited for Dial of Destiny, but I feel like Dial is kind of the, like, we're going to try and make up a little bit of ground from the damage that, yeah, Crystal Skull did. Try and give him an actual good ending. It, yeah. Um, but I never felt that we needed a fourth one. Yeah. I always I loved I always loved that the name Last Crusade is kind of a good 
it obviously refers to the original crusades, the, mm-hmm. the crusades in the um, Middle East and all of that stuff, medieval times. So this is the last crusade where they need to go on another crusade. Um, but also it's the last adventure of Indiana Jones. Right. I feel like that's a great capper to the trilogy. Yeah. It's, it's just, it always felt, it felt complete. Yeah. That trilogy feels complete. Mm-hmm. And then, and then 2008 happened where I don't know what they were thinking, but so there are parts of this movie that I want to like that I could potentially like. I like okay. the 1957 cold war era mm-hmm. stuff. Well, yeah. Cause I mean, Nazis are done. Obviously like they're going to mm-hmm. move the timetable up, you know, and I like to. the, the, just the general Soviet differences of the nuclear age. I think mm-hmm. that the nuclear stuff is interesting. I really don't care for Kate Blanchett's villain. She feels like a cartoon character to me and just not on the level of the other Nazi villains that we've had before. Maybe it's because she's psychic apparently, but never actually does anything psychic. She like waves her hand in front of him. Uh, Yeah. It's just weird on a few different levels. So I remember not feeling it being necessary, but when mm-hmm. they announced they were going to do one, being excited just because, like, I'm really? a fan. So I'll watch gonna more be Indiana Jones. And I remember it did not take long before the rumors of it being about aliens were everywhere. Mm. And I... I might have it a little mixed up, but I remember hearing the alien theories right after they announced that it was going to be like cold war era against the Russians. And then it was alien stuff. And I was so adamant for so long. Like there's not (laughs) a chance in hell. Yeah. They're going to combine aliens with Indiana Jones. That is not the kind of thing that Indy is going to go for. He'll do magical stuff. Yeah. But aliens is just, that is not, it does not fit the (laughs) Indiana Jones Mm -hmm. formula. It just doesn't. Yeah. And I remember arguing with people like there's no (laughs) way they're doing aliens. And then they announced the title of the movie. And I, I remember being like, no, no, it's not aliens. Like it's, <laughs> it's probably some made up artifact that mm-hmm. just like the stones from temple. Yeah. And then I remember the first, like one of the first stills they released yeah. and it was Indiana Jones holding the crystal skull. <laughs> And it's very obviously alien. And it's very obviously alien. And I remember being like, shit. (laughs) This movie's going to be about aliens. (laughs) And being so like, okay, I'm prepping myself for aliens. I'm prepping myself for aliens. And then it was like, Shia LaBeouf is in this. And you were like, okay. Yeah. Probably Indy's son. Like the secrecy (laughs) around it did not happen everyone had everything figured out pretty quick yeah i was still excited even after all the trailers 
to go see it. I remember we went to the midnight showing of it. Um, and I was I was stoked. I could see yeah. Indy on the big screen. New adventure. Mm-hmm. I was weary of aliens, but I was like, you know what? <laughs> it's Indy. I get more Indiana Jones. We're good. And for the first like her her psychic Kate Blanchett's portrayal of this character did not bother me. Actually still doesn't bother me because uh-huh. a lot like the Nazis or Nazi scientists, the Russians in that era were also just as crazy mm-hmm. where they believed in like all the the magical stuff and they believed yeah. in that they were psychics and they they were mm-hmm. trained in this stuff or had natural abilities. So to her, me, like the way she acts was very this fits like, yeah crazy russian scientists this fits yeah um i remember very much enjoying the opening i loved we got another silhouette shot of him on the car with the it's hat. very classic spielberg opening with yeah the and, I, and i love i still actually very much like how he shot it like it mm-hmm. just has a different kind of feel to it like it feels old it yeah. feels like it's from that time period i like that you a get lot. that classic silhouette yeah. I really don't like the lighting when they get to the base because it's all very obviously on a sound stage and not yeah. real. Like it's some of the lighting gets a little weird. The lighting um, and green screen in this movie throughout is just out of control. I the moment Shia LaBeouf shows up, I I still feel like none of these other movies have needed any other character to have this grand entrance. <laughs> yeah. Ever. Yeah. This was not a character showing up. It was, Hey, Shia LaBeouf is in this it movie. Was, look, Shia LaBeouf is on a motorcycle. Mm-hmm. It's 1957 or whatever year Christmas Gold takes place in. Um, and, and I remember just immediately feeling like, okay something already doesn't feel right yeah like i was okay i i actually like the whole warehouse action sequence like Mm. i think it's fun it's entertaining it's action-packed i the super magnetic shit is a little weird i don't know how it got past the table read if i'm being honest because (laughs) i the premise is that an entire russian platoon has invaded the united states and have broken into area 51 at the height of the cold war and i don't know how any of that happens in reality and then i don't know they get to the area 51 they do all of the magnetic stuff they find the the alien sarcophagus Mm -hmm. whatever you want to call it and they 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 have to like they tried to indiana jones tries to take it from them and all this stuff you're the russians in the cold war in your adversary's den of mysterious and super powered objects area 51 the ark of the covenant is there everything is there you don't take anything else you just take this one little (laughs) alien alien. skeleton (laughs) that might be psychic you don't really know yet (laughs) it doesn't make any goddamn sense to me you make very valid points, Jake. Thank you. Uh, I 
I chose to ignore all those points. <laughs> if you do, you'll probably have a lot more fun watching this movie. I, I'm entertained by the opening. None yeah. of it makes sense, but I'm entertained by it. Mm. It felt, I mean, him using the whip to go around, he's hanging on the lights. It doesn't work out all the time for him. Yeah. It's got entertaining stuff to it. The fight, the, the sounds of the hits is back and that's it. Yeah. That's fun for me. That's all good. It's, it's all good. I remember when this movie was coming out, people were talking about how old Harrison Ford is and how can he possibly keep up with his character? Dude, the dude does it. He does do it, but it makes you wonder how do you do it in Dial of Destiny when you're 80 fucking years old now? Well, we're going to find out. People have um, a reason to complain. I guess him all the jokes of his age, he like demanded be in the movie because okay. he thinks it's funny himself of like, I'm an old man and you're yeah. having me do fight scenes. Like this mm -hmm. is funny. <laughs> you should point this out. Yeah. Uh, which I respect. Like good on you, Harrison. Good on yeah. you. Like, I, I think it's funny. I think it has moments. It's certainly not always bad. I think that it's uneven how they handle it though. Uh, 100%. And I alluded this to before where, and I think you were going there also where Mutt, his son is now this like rebel who's, who's more action than anything, not really academic. And the premise is that it's basically what Indy was to his dad. Now yeah. Mutt is to Indiana Jones. And, and so the, but it's weird. It makes the premise uneven because they're trying to sell, Oh, it's Indiana Jones. He's a badass. He's all of these things, but he's also old and there's this young kid and he's, and he's all this stuff. And so they're trying to make him Henry senior while also keeping him Indiana Jones. Yeah. And they don't really do a good job well, of and defining it. There was so much around it that Shia LaBeouf was going to be taking over the franchise. Mm. Sure. Like, that was the idea, I guess, was they're going to pass it to him. Harrison mm. Ford is going to call it a day. And Shia LaBeouf will reboot the series, mm. but he'll be a young adventurer. Yeah. Um, I was not a big fan of him being cast in it. I know it was the height of the Shia LaBeouf or LaBeouf, whatever the fuck. Uh, <laughs> heyday, like, where he was in yeah, Transformers, every movie you had yeah. and he did a good job he was a good actor like i enjoy like i'm not complaining yeah. about him i enjoy um, him watching him in it now more than i did when i watched it back then right i still cringe during their first scene together in the diner one i think the greaser aspect is obnoxious and unnecessary yeah. Yeah. i think he overplays it yeah um i think the dialogue gets weird in this one. So not just the dialogue, but some of the setups. Cause you I know, still like, don't understand why he doesn't know his mom's real name. Like he yes. tries to tell Indy that my mom, Mary Williams or whatever. Right. But he doesn't call her Marion. <laughs> yeah. Um, Marion Ravenwood is very different. <laughs> just a little bit. And, but okay, so you know, in like Raiders or Temple or the previous three, 
you can get backstory or you accept characters from indies past or whatever immediately. You're like, you just yeah. understand them. Yeah. I, to this day, do not believe at all or can <laughs> even understand the relationship between Indiana Jones and William Hurt's character, who I still don't know what his character name is. Oh, yeah. Uh, actually, it's... Uh, William Hurt, amazing actor. Yeah. Total respect to the dude. I don't like him in this movie. I hate his character. His character annoys me. Yeah. <laughs> I get what they were going for. It just annoys me. But Mutt, the way he reacts to Indy is obnoxious. It's, I just, it just feels, everything feels so forced. Yeah. In this movie. And that kind of yeah. bothers me. But, Tom Daddy O. But I can buy some of it. I'm okay with some of it. It is what it is. Uh, you know, hearing Indiana Jones telling kids, if you want to be a good archaeologist, you got to get out of the library. It's a funny mm. nod to, like, The Last Crusade, where he's telling them, no, you need to be in the library. Yeah. Um, I, I'm fine with the re the movie pretty much. There's a lot of stuff in it that I'm like, Ugh. <laughs> okay, like, we'll move past the scene. Mm-hmm. But then we get to the jungle. <laughs> so you're skipping over the fridge scene? Yeah. I can forgive the fridge scene. I can you forgive can... it. How does he hold the door shut? Dude, I told you, I can forgive. I just, it's a stupid <laughs> fucking scene. Okay. It The scene drives me nuts. Don't get me wrong. Okay. Him surviving, like, flying that far in this yeah. fridge. It's holding the door shut from the inside, yeah. but also not being knocked around inside, right? Not being knocked yourself, around, bouncing not down, the yeah. arms, popping yeah. out. But he's not miles upon miles upon miles away from the explosion. But he still walks up that little mound to watch the, <laughs> the fucking mushroom cloud happening. And then okay. every time I'm like, off. he gets irradiated, but it gets washed off. Later. Right? I'm always like, you're a little close, dude. You're a little close. <laughs> He's Indiana Jones, man. He could do what he wants. True. True. You do find out that he was in the war at some point. They call him yeah. Colonel Jones when he gets washed off. Yeah. Which is interesting. And you, you find out that he was, well, I mean, you've already kind of been told about it, but now it's confirmed that he was part of the, a group of people selected to look at the wreckage, the famous wreckage of uh, Roswell. Yeah. Which that is that is like the first big moment that I cringe and roll my eyes. <laughs> That's the weirdest thing in this movie is that because everybody knew that there were going to be aliens in it and that Mutt was probably his son, that they still try so hard to sell it as like a reveal. Yeah. And but and then they drop these little hints and you're like, yeah, obviously. And then they show the like drawings of the skull on the wall and they're like, yeah, obviously. It's so stupid. You're like, we get it. It's a fucking alien. Yeah. And then you get to the end of the end of the movie and they're like, but what if it was aliens? And you're like, I know. We all know. Yeah. Didn't we all know that already? I thought we were on the same page, folks. I guess not. Okay. Yeah. Um I like when Marion gets reintroduced. I like her and Indy being She's always great. That's cool. Uh, Cause to me, they 
they pick it up right where they left off to me. Like, yeah, the chemistry's there. They're fun together. You immediately mm-hmm. buy like, oh, they they actually tried to have a relationship for a while, but it obviously did not work. Yeah. Um, I, I like all that. And but then, they're in the jungle when that happens. But we're in the jungle. <laughs> and the jungle is the worst part. It's so bad. But it, the jungle, you know what makes the jungle sequence so bad, Jake? CGI? It's, it's almost like after every stupid moment in it, yeah, it was like George Lucas and Spielberg were thinking, hold my beer, watch <laughs> this. Yeah, how can we make this even worse? It's just worse. I also can't really stand um, Indy's buddy in this movie. Well, the, the double agent guy. I don't even remember his name. Yeah, the guy He's that just betrays annoying. him early on. Yeah. He's just, he's just annoying. He's unnecessary to me. Right. And well, everyone is pretty unnecessary. I really don't like this movie. Um, (laughs) Maybe I like it less than I actually thought I did. Uh, It's the kind of movie that you shouldn't think about at all, because if you do, it will fall apart. It's just a house of cards. that looks kind of pretty. It's a bad movie, dude. Yeah. You can watch it and things happen and, it's not terribly exciting, but things are happening all the time. If you think about it or anything, it just gets worse and worse and worse. And then you're in the jungle and you're mm-hmm. like, how are we going to move this for like, what, what else can we do with this stupid story? Mm-hmm. And then we get your chair, your car chase. Yeah. Just so, so dumb. Yeah. Um, I, I always hate that scene so much. I hate the lighting of it. Like you said, I hate the obvious green screen of it. I yep. hate the, I hate the gag and the sudden realization <laughs> that Mutt is a fencer. Yeah. Like, yeah. His, apparently his mom is like giving him fencing lessons because he knows all And I hate that in the moves. middle of this f- fight, she's instructing him. Yeah. Dad, don't forget to do the limita. Yeah, right, whatever fencing <laughs> terms there are. Yeah. But I hate the gag of him getting hit in the nuts with all the plants. <laughs> I do too. I hate this gag. Normally, a guy getting hit in the nuts is funny. And it's a gag yeah. that's like, it's an easy sell. People are going to enjoy it. But it's dumb in this movie. Yeah. It feels forced. And it goes on too long. And it goes on like forever. You, you could you could sneak it in if it was like a quick, fun thing. So you, but it drags out. You brought up during this whole sword fight on the cars sequence. Mm-hmm. Uh, why does it go on so long? Yeah. I've always thought, one, <laughs> if you're Marion, the yeah. moment you see your kid get up to like sword fight the psycho Russian bitch, yeah. why wouldn't you just hit the brakes and be yeah. like, never mind? Like, kid, <laughs> you're not doing that today. Like, you're mm-hmm. still mom. You still need to protect your kid. Right. If you're the Russians, the moment he is standing on both vehicles, mm-hmm. Drive why away. the hell wouldn't you just jerk the car? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All you have to do is go a little bit more to the right and, and he falls. And he falls and you've won. Like, yeah, you got the skull. You can drive along. Nope. We, we keep going. We keep going. You get some like fun shots, I guess, of whatever. <laughs> You're being very generous. I, I know. 
I fun shots of whatever. I'm sure there's fun, some fun shots in there somewhere. But then, I hate this scene. <laughs> and then Mutt gets tangled up in some uh, vines and yeah. somehow makes it all the way to the top of the trees. Yeah, I'm not sure how he's lifted or what is lifting him but, up. Like, there. vines are stretchy in George of the Jungle, but <laughs> that's because it's a cartoonish Yeah, I was going to say, in cartoons, yes. Um, but then they, like, you know, he's stuck in the vines, and you're like, that sucks. I'm sure he'll magically make it back yeah, somehow. We'll move he'll... on from his story, I'm sure. Yeah, we're, we're going to move on from him for a little bit. And you do for, like, two seconds. You go back to the car chase. And uh-huh. then you go back to him, and there's monkeys. And, and he then, like mentally makes friends with them. Yeah, like, they like accept uh, him or something. Yeah, he like makes a fleet of monkeys his like army. And and then he goes swinging through the jungle with monkeys, and that Jake vine to vine like Tarzan. And that is the moment every time <laughs> that I lose it. I get yeah. physically angry at this movie. <laughs> yeah, I remember <laughs> watching this movie in the theater, and it was definitely pretty much the entire jungle sequence. It's... I was already on thin ice with the movie for up to this point. And then just as it went on and on and got worse and worse, I was like, I just can't I couldn't this believe movie. it. I had... What I call the Phantom Menace moment with this movie. Yeah. Or situation with this movie. So we talked about it in the Star Wars episode. I think we've talked about it a few times. Where when we all saw Phantom Menace and we were all like, this movie is trash. Yeah. I can't believe I'm watching this. And we were young. But mm-hmm. then like we saw it multiple times in the theater because we kept telling ourselves, but it's Star Wars. Like, Right. I haven't had a new Star Wars movie. I haven't ever, had a new so. Star Wars I got to watch it. There's got to be something there. That's like, I, I must've just missed something like maybe. Yeah. So I saw this in the theater a few times and it was because <laughs> I was having that moment. And mm. when it came out on DVD, I bought it and was like, I was probably just having that moment. Like, it's not yeah. that bad. It's not that bad. I remember telling people it's <laughs> not that bad. It's really not that bad guys. And every time I watch it, like <laughs> it is that bad. It you really want it is that bad. And then Shia LaBeouf, that's before the swinging. And then the swinging happens. And I'm <laughs> like, I can't do this movie. This is so, I can't believe they're fucking doing this to this movie. Yeah. And then we get the ants. And I'm the like, ants are terrible. I can't even appreciate the ants. It's supposed the ants to be are terrible. The next, that's like, why. Bug gag. Yeah. But you can't appreciate it. No. It's, it's well, they're so cgi that you don't really know what you're looking at until they kind of devour a dude right and there's you don't feel grossed out by it because no. they're obviously cgi I'm way more grossed out by a rubber beetle in temple of doom <laughs> that just looks gross and people oh, right. react to and, and then you get the like oh the skull has that magic power where the ants disperse and mm-hmm. they don't come near it and you're like this is so dumb yeah. And uh, and it's also I know really we've skipped magnetic. a bunch of stuff. It, the skull is magnetic, but it attracts oh yeah, the skull's magnetic. Oh wow, we like skipped over them even <laughs> getting the skull. Who cares? Yeah, uh, the skull is like they find the skull in the dumbest possible way. They like go into a crypt and cut open the mummy, and 
and they're like, oh, this one's already cut open. And they're like, oh, yeah, there's this guy who's they called him the Gilded, whatever. And uh, they try to give you this weird backstory of this dude and who's a skeleton in this mummy sarcophagus thing that they cut open. And Indy's like, well, why would they cut this open and, and not take him or take any of this gold around here? Why would they not do that? And then they the gold flies out of his hand and he realizes there was a giant crystal alien skull sitting right behind him the whole time that nobody saw. <laughs> Like I, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> and yeah, and they're, they're like, "Well, I don't understand why gold is magnetic to it because gold's not really magnetic, and there's <laughs> right. all this other stuff, and crystal's not really magnetic. I don't understand. Neither is gold. It's, oh yeah, God, it's so stupid! It's the laziest writing ever. Uh, yeah, they literally just find it sitting behind this. It guy is bad and, how he just like, oh, here it is. <laughs> exactly <laughs> like that. It, it was exactly like shit. Like how that. do we move this along? I don't know. Just give it to him, and we'll move the story. Yeah. Go, go. What if go. he just finds it lying on the ground? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's there. Yeah. <laughs> Brush it so off. They oh, they the must skull. not have seen it buried. Uh, okay. Yeah, it's a little dusty. It looks something like it was not and, something else. But back to the ants. I'm trying yeah, to remember how this leads up to this, but. <laughs> The Russians get away from all the ants after they eat the big guy and take him down yeah. to their home. Yeah, they start home. climbing down the mountain to down the cliff. That's that's right. So and then the Marion Russians are climbing down the cliff. Off. And then just as I'm shaking my head and I'm already <laughs> physically angry at this movie, Marion yeah. comes barreling in as the hero of the day. Everyone piles in the car and they're like, yeah. Marion. You got to hit the brakes, honey. You're going too fast. We're going to go over. And she's like, I know. And she drives <laughs> the fucking car uh-huh. into a fucking tree on the side of the cliff to the point where it like gently lowers them into the water. Yeah. It like rubber bands down like a cartoon. And, and they it- float away and it flips back up, kills a couple Russians. And she's like got this smile. Everyone's like, oh, that was clever. No. <laughs> no, it was stupid. fucking stupid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, there was nothing clever about that scene. Yeah. I like I remember being in the theater, Jake. I'll never forget this. <laughs> I'm sitting there. I remember we were at the top, you know, the back row, which we yeah. all at that time thought that was the best seat in the house. It's not, but that's right. what we thought. And I remember I'm surrounded by my wife and all of our friends. And mm-hmm. I have been the most vocal, the most excited about this movie. <laughs> and I'm sitting there just gripping the fucking arms <laughs> of the chair. Like, how are you going to justify mm-hmm. anything in this fucking movie? Yeah. I, I can't. I could not <laughs> believe it. I, I how am I going to face these people? I know. Like, I, I need these house lights to stay just shut down forever like yeah this movie can't end simply because i can't face everyone that i was like sharing my excitement with because they're all gonna look at me and be like Mm -hmm. i'm sorry right (laughs) yeah it just gets where when they get to the actual temple like the the fucking tribe attacks them right yeah and you think, oh, this could be exciting, like, and then the fucking skull thing again. Oh, oh, oh everyone bows down to it, and whatever yeah. William Hurt's character is, he's like 
mad genius driven crazy by an alien skull that he had but put back just to get again just to come Uh back right doesn't he like he looked it in the eyes and got psycho psychic weirded out by it somehow and then Kate Blanchett tries to get Indiana Jones to look at the oh, eyes that's to right. make him psychic so that he can communicate with William Hurt. That's and right. And really then they work. find out this motion is apparently actually drawing, like, I forget the name of them, some kind of crazy lines. But all he yeah. does, I have watched this scene. I watched it so closely <laughs> prepping for this, dude. Okay. So he, he does this motion. I'll do it this way. So he does this motion. Okay, making a little circle with your hand. Thank you. You're welcome. When they put the pen in his hand and the paper behind it, you know, to be the automatic writing, he's drawn like full shapes uh-huh. and shit as if he's been drawing the full shapes the whole time. And I'm like, no, not <laughs> once does his hand make any other shape than a circle. It yeah. drives me nuts. And I think it might just be because I'm already so mad at the movie, but like, yeah. That's a detail that should it's have easy been, to fix. It's easy to fix. Should have been addressed yeah. earlier. I understand you being seduced by CGI in 2008 and wanting it to be better than it was, but at least write good. At least, <laughs> at least perform your character so that the next scene makes sense with what you're doing. Right. Good. right. That's all I ask. Drives me nuts. <laughs> But when they're in that temple, dude, like you get glimpses that could be cool. Like the whole obelisk thing where they got to knock out the sand. You're like, ooh, Mm -hmm. like this seems like an indie move or an indie thing to do. You're discovering a hidden temple. Cool. Trying to solve the riddles and all that good stuff. That's cool. Yeah. And it's like the last cool thing you get. You get a big room full of treasure. Mm -hmm. And then the worst CGI fucking alien <laughs> skeletons. I think in the history of CGI, like they look bad. Yeah. Yeah. They, oh, hundred percent. They look so bad. Everything about this movie looks bad. It's so bad, Jake. <laughs> like I, that's my one main complaint. If I could fix one thing about this movie, it would be remove all the CGI because the entire point of Indiana Jones is that he's going to these places, he's doing these things, yeah. and it's an exciting adventure that he's actually doing. In this movie, he's not anywhere. He's not. He's doing things, but they're all overly exaggerated green screen things, and yeah. it just doesn't feel real at all. Yeah, it feels very... Uh... Well, the whole movie feels forced. Yeah, it feels forced. And I I said it earlier, I hinted to it earlier. I genuinely think because so this was 2008. George Lucas was still under fire for all the things that he did with the prequels. He was still suffering that three years after Revenge of the Sith came out. Mm -hmm. And Indiana Jones 4 almost felt originally kind of like he was supposed to redeem himself. But then at a spite. (laughs) <laughs> he like doubled down on the science fiction and the alien idea yeah. just to piss off the remainder of his fans. Right. And I think it really bit him in the ass more than he thought it was going to because that dude hasn't been able to do shit except get hate mail from <laughs> right. like everyone. 
he yeah. like had to sell Star Wars to Disney. Right. <laughs> yeah, he literally could not make another movie or it would just be right. Ruined. Like no one's going to trust his name. No, he has to rely solely on royalties, which, yeah, lucrative because Disney yeah. keeps giving him royalties for it. But mm-hmm. he'd like double down on this out of spite, in my opinion, and it mm-hmm. ruined his career even worse than the prequels did yeah just saying something oh yeah and uh i just the the cgi was an issue for me that first time watching because i always loved the special effect like the practical special effects but Mm -hmm. even the digital effects that they did in like raiders or they did in uh last crusade and like on all three of them the digital stuff they did yeah the zeppelin stuff is obviously has they're not actually there. There's all this right. other stuff going on, but it's just works on that scale, I guess, better. It, it worked it's for the aesthetic staring. of that film so much better. Whereas uh, King of Crystal Skull just felt like it was trying to rely on CGI to mm-hmm. modernize it while yeah. taking place. It's not in a, using it sparingly to like enhance a certain thing. Yeah it's dependent on it and it Uh, needs it to work. Otherwise the entire action sequence doesn't work and it doesn't work. And it doesn't for that reason. When they connect the skull, like bring the skull back. Yeah. And and the Cape Lanchett's character is like, Oh, they're a hive mind and teach me everything. I want to know everything. Mm -hmm. When they do the whole thing where the whole room's spinning and they all like form into the one alien, right? Yeah. I hate this scene. <laughs> it's, I hate this so much. I feel like, like my head was in my hands watching this in the theater. <laughs> like, I, I can't even believe And you just watched it today, going. right? Yes, I did watch it today. But I remember seeing it for the first time that I just could not believe where this movie was going and that they would actually do this to this character. That they were doing this. When all was said and done, you know, they tried to do the, like, crazy death scene of the the indie villain where her eyes set on fire and then she's, like, taken? Or dissipates? (laughs) Or whatever? Yeah. (laughs) But when the whole temple turns out to be their spaceship and they like, there's that one shot where you're like, well, that's an indie kind of scene. It's like the one practical effect they do where they're running across the bridge and all Mm -hmm. of it's like crashing. You got the water and the stones are all breaking right behind them. Like that's an indie moment. Mm -hmm. Too bad it lasts for like two and a half seconds. Yeah. But they like when they watch the ship take off and it flies away. Yeah, that was a uh, gripping the arms in the theater again, being like, oh, <laughs> my God. Because then I know, like, this is the end of the movie. I have, yeah. I I don't know what how I'm going to look these people in the <laughs> eye. I did, but. You're going to have to eat shit. <laughs> oh, so much shit. You, just when I was, like, so disappointed, so mad at this movie. Mm-hmm. You get what you said earlier with her, like, oh, they were aliens. <laughs> and then you get like the dumbest dialogue yet again, <laughs> where William Hurt's character, whatever the fuck his name is, he goes, 
how does he say it? He's like interdimensional beings to be precise. Like shut the fuck up. <laughs> like, yeah, don't justify the shit. But then he has another line. Uh, I think it's Indy asks where he's like, where do you think they're going? And he's like, the space between spaces. <laughs> yeah, that's what interdimensional means, man. <laughs> Just like all I think about, and I thought it in the theater, and I think it every time I watch it, which isn't very mm-hmm. often, but every time I have it in there, I'm like, <laughs> Lucas. <laughs> aliens are aliens. Mm-hmm. Shut the fuck up. Stop trying to be clever. You yeah. suck. You're a yeah. horrible film. Like, so irate with this man. Yeah. I will say they give me a little bit of happiness with the wedding scene. Like, mm-hmm. I like seeing Indiana Jones get married. And I, I like how when Shia LaBeouf is trying to put his hat on, he steals it back from him. Like, yeah. Not happening. Thank God that's not happening. <laughs> yeah. But dude. Yeah. That movie's so bad. It's the fucking worst, dude. Does it remain your number one? Number one is strong because I had not seen the most offensive movies of all time before then. Right? Those are way, way worse than this. This is just... I mean, I'm offended as an Indiana Jones fan and as a general film enjoyer, just how little effort they was put into making it what it should be. Yeah. I think that there's much better movies you could make that you should have made over the years, stories you should have told. There was an old shitty 8-bit, whatever, 16-bit video game on PC when I was a kid, Indiana Jones and the Fate of Atlantis. Okay. And it was just like a point and click adventure game, but the story was way better than this movie was. <laughs> no aliens? <laughs> no aliens. Sorry. Interdimensional beings going to yeah. the spaces between spaces. Obviously, I can't believe you didn't get that right. Uh yeah, this movie just it is very terrible and on the scale of movies that I want to love, should love, wish I had more of, it's very high on the list. Which is uh, partly why I am very, very tentative about yeah. the Dial of Destiny. I, f- I feel like it could be good, but I think the best it will be is that it will be Force Awakens, where they do a lot of the same stuff over again, trying to to like uh, flatten out the wrinkles that were caused right. by this movie try to un- like he yeah, tried to undo the prequels you have to start there there'll be a lot of member berries there'll be a lot of like just fun nice times but i don't think it'll be reach the originals not oh, just because yeah. he's old i'm not a fan of the de-aging stuff i think <laughs> that it there will be a lot of uh awkward moments as well but hopefully the cgi is at least better I, uh, when they played the first full length trailer of it and you mm-hmm. saw the de-aged Harrison Ford, I thought of you because <laughs> he immediately, yep. I heard your voice being like, God damn it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, it's true. Whether it's de-aging or 
rendering people who have actually been dead. I just don't yeah. think it's a good idea. Uh, I think it's weird that Mutt's not in it, that he's just completely excluded from the whole story uh, as if it never happened. That's weird. Uh, not that I care because I don't, I wish this movie wasn't part of the canon, uh, but you know, we'll see. But it is, I'm very, I am excited for it, but I think that's just the excitement that like they've announced this is it. And Harrison mm-hmm. Ford has been pretty vocal about like, he felt it was necessary to round the story out. He wanted to conclude it on a, on a good note, which to yeah. me was like, Oh, so, okay. He didn't even like crystal skull. Like he even <laughs> felt it did not end how it should have. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a little concerned that there's been nothing about Marion. Yeah. So I'm like, did you kill her? Mm-hmm. Is that why she's not in it? I get why Mutt isn't in it because Shia LaBeouf has been like blacklisted like crazy. I mean, the dude has a lot of problems, but yeah. he got like fired and blacklisted by Spielberg essentially from the franchise because he came out, he was like one of the first people to come out vocally saying this movie sucks. Like it was not a good movie, <laughs> and everyone got so mad. So he at got him. blacklisted for being right. Right. Well, I guess it was <laughs> like the way he was going about it. I mean, even it's Harrison true. Ford was mad at him for the way he approached doing it. Yeah. And I think that probably has more to do with the fact that Harrison Ford was like backing him up so much and trying to build him up so much. Yeah. And he was young. Put him still over. pretty young at that time, so his career was like really firing off. Yeah, and I think Ford's intentions of calling him a fucking idiot for the way he handled the press with Chris Skull really comes from like not the movie itself, but just like I think Ford has been around long enough to understand, kid, you're literally throwing your your career away because yeah. like every director watches every actor to see how they handle themselves even when they make yeah. bad movies right you still you want them to promote it or care it's, about it or well it's like it's in their contract you have to promote this movie like right. you can dog on it later on mm-hmm. but you gotta After promote it's had the its movie. box office run yeah <laughs> yeah and uh but he got like yeah so i get why he's not in it i just think it's weird who the fuck is this goddaughter I don't Why know. have we never had any mention of? I don't. They're <laughs> not even saying who her dad is. Yeah, and I'm like, I've been trying to rack my brain. Like, who is her dad? Like, Brody never had a wife. Yeah, he never. Had I mean, Sala had a shitload of kids, but maybe but she it's... doesn't look like one of Sala's kids. And Sala's in it. Sala's so in not. it. So maybe it is Sala. Who knows? Yeah, I'm excited just to see a, the conclusion. I got excited by the trailer against my better judgment by just it hearing the fun. music, hearing everything. I have, I like that. This sounds weird, but I like that Spielberg and Lucas are not really attached to it. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of what gave me hope for force awakens is like, let somebody who cares about the original yeah. take over that can and be you good. Know- James Mangold has proven himself. He's a good director. Mm-hmm. 
you know, he's, he's done a lot of really good stuff. So I have hope that he continues his trend. I had to laugh when I read that uh, Spielberg saw it and he's, and he liked it. And he said, wow, I thought that I was the only one that could make an Indiana Jones movie. I had to laugh because I was like, you made Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, dude. Like, <laughs> that is not really the flex you think like, it is. Yeah, don't don't go bragging. I mean, you didn't, you made Raiders and you made you did Last make Crusade. Raiders, and I appreciate you. You're a very good director, Steven Spielberg, but you have some stinkers too. <laughs> he does. Everyone does. Everyone makes a handful. It's a shame that Spielberg had to make crystal skull i feel like even though he said he didn't like the alien aspect of it but he made it still because that was his friend's vision like as yeah. his friend you probably should have sat him down and been like no yeah no aliens this is not gonna go well <laughs> right like how do you not see the writing on the wall mm -hmm. when the moment you like everyone started catching on to everything you were doing way early on how did no one think the fan reaction to the theories is really bad and their theories are correct. So this yeah. is probably going to be really bad. <laughs> yeah. Let's do some reshoots right now. <laughs> like, rewrites quick, quick yeah. folks. I'm excited. I'm curious. I'm weary. Yeah. I kind of feel like I'm going to have uh, that viewer high. The first time I'll probably be like, yay. Yeah, And then the more I think about it, I'm scared that I'm going to be like, oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't mind that as long as I don't hate it in the theater like I did with Crystal right. Skull. If I at least enjoy it some. I mean, that's that's basically the Force Awakens experience for me. I really liked it in the theater the first several times. And then just the more I think right. about it, more I talk about it. I'm like, it's just not that deep. It's more of the same that's okay. I can watch it and have a nice time and that's okay. Yeah. Um, I just, I, I'm holding on to, it's gotta be better than crystal skull. It just has to be. Yeah. Yeah. That's not a big ask. Um, no, in terms of like concluding stories for important characters to me personally, mm. I'm like, as long as you don't fucking pull a Halloween ends and just completely <laughs> desecrate yeah. what this character is um, and what the story, these stories are, as long as you don't do right. that, like, I think I'll be, I'm, I'm predicting I'm going to be pretty uh, forgiving. Yeah. And accepting of stuff that I probably shouldn't be, but I'm excited cautiously uh, sure. yeah i think that's totally fair we'll just have to wait and see it's true huh. anything in particular that you feel like it has to have in order to check the boxes for you um i don't know i don't know um i kind of i kind of want him to to hang the hat up. I think that would be mm. kind of a cool conclusion. Like literally physically. Like literally it up. show him hang the yeah. hat up. Maybe with the whip under it. Whip under it, 
with the coat, like you could even just put it in a closet, like have him literally yeah. hang it up. I think that would be, I mean, it's tongue in cheek. It's cheesy, mm-hmm. but I feel that would fit the character. I feel like that would be because the whole idea is he's retiring. Right. I feel like that, that would be fitting. That would yeah, be cool. Especially if he, he knows it's his last adventure and chooses that at the end that, yeah. you know, um, um I don't know. I kind of, I feel like his story, since I already have made it where writing into the sunset is not the ending. Yeah. It's not the last shot of him. I feel like if you're not going to go with kind of a more adventurous conclusion, then I feel you have to go with the very quiet, just kind of proud of what he's done. I think it would be emotional in a positive way if like, the movie ended with him sitting at like his dad's desk. Yeah. You know, yeah, that would be cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that would bring up a good opportunity for all their member berries. You could have yeah, little nods on the... to all the different adventures he's been on. For um, sure. I think it would also be kind of funny if they brought back like some U S government agents <laughs> to talk to him about the warehouse, you yeah. know, as a, like, you have to, you're retiring, but we still need to make sure you're maintaining mm-hmm. silence and secrecy. That could be fun. Yeah. Um, but in terms of like boxes to check off, I feel they already do that in the preview. You get him True. with the whip, you get him like having a funny moment where he's, they kind of reverse it in the preview where he's doing the fancy whip work at the table and then everyone pulls the gun out on him. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I'm just, I hope it's fun. Mm-hmm. I hope. God damn, there better not be any fucking jungle vines <laughs> or anything yeah. to that caliber. There better not be. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even know who the villains in this one are. I'm interested in Mad Mickelson. Uh, Mads Mickelson is a ex Nazi or something. Is that what he is? Is it ex Nazis so. in this one? I think okay. so, or it's at least adjacent to that. Okay, but Mads is always pretty intimidating and good. Yeah. Oh, he'll be he'll be good. I think I think the acting is going to be fun. I think it'll mm-hmm. be good. Um, I don't know. I just no aliens. Yeah, I, I find to it, see how light on his feet he is. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what I'm like actually expecting from it or want to see in it. I just <laughs> I, I want see them to jokes. give him I just want him to have a nice ending, like a proper ending. Don't kill him. I don't think that would be good. No. But like don't and don't give it to anyone else. Yeah. I don't think there should be a pass the torch oh. thing. I, I don't. Either. I really don't think nobody there else be, should do it. Which means that's probably what they're gonna do. Fuck. <laughs> yeah. What about or you? Like, I'm, I'm curious because I, I feel you are more hesitant. Yeah. Than I am. I I just want it to be who Indiana Jones is. I want it to be the character that I know and the situations that he would be in and how he would react to them and all of that good stuff. 
I want as many practical effects as possible. I see I a lot of getting a lot of I those. see a lot of green screen in the previews, and I dislike that. Uh, <laughs> and I I want it to not feel like there's an eighty-year-old man rumbling around, and then he does some fantastical leap or something mm -hmm. that he wouldn't normally do, or it's a very obvious stunt double or something or CGI. Uh, I want it to feel, I guess, consistent, even if it is an old man, make him an old man, tell that story. Yeah. That's fine. Um, so yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know how you make it good. Cause I wouldn't have made it. I would have had just let it be, even though the last one sucked, uh, unless you have a really good reason to make a better one, mm -hmm. um, then I wouldn't bother. I would just leave the original trilogy that will exist forever. And they're perfect as they are. I kind of feel there's been a lot of time between this one and crystal skull. Yeah. And I, I can't help but feel that that is going to hinder mm -hmm. the movie. Totally. Yeah. I, I feel like in terms of this being kind of like the redemption from crystal school, they probably should have pounced on that mm -hmm. earlier. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> Well, there's not that much difference between how much difference was there between the prequels and force awakens i feel like it's similar i guess force awakens was a long time ago it was like 2016 18. 16 or 17. yeah hmm. is that right 16. um uh, 2015. Golly. 15. yeah yeah okay well i guess not as much time then yeah, I don't I just I just wanted to have a, a good conclusion. I'm yeah. expecting I'm expecting it to be pretty obvious that age is a factor now. Mm -hmm. Um I've already kind of made my peace with the overuse of green screen just based on the preview. Yeah. I, I'm assuming there's a lot of CGI in it. Yeah. As long as it looks better than Crystal Skull, maybe I'll be a little <laughs> more forgiving. Mm -hmm. As long as I don't get fucking aliens and vines swinging, um, <laughs> I can't yeah. get over the vines, dude. I can't do it. I would like the Dial of Destiny, and I think there's been rumors of the uh, the spear, some spear being involved. Um, I would like those to be more grounded, old relics, um, yeah, with some yeah. backstory that makes sense. I I think that would help the story out way better is if it's a like legitimate artifact like bring yeah. back that kind of stuff now i don't think i'm getting that um it's weird but i think and maybe they do maybe it'll show up uh you mentioned a spear maybe it's gonna be like the spear from the crucifixion or whatever you know, uh, it'll but, probably be it'll prop the dial of destiny will probably be a sundial that will turn back time, and that's why you get young Indiana Jones is because he actually deages. I think I feel like the deaged Indiana Jones is probably the beginning of the movie. I bet they're going to try and fill in some gap between Crystal Skull and now. Mm, yeah. Um. Well, I say now, but you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. But I think it would have been smart to go back to essentially, I guess, a biblical relic. Yeah. 
if you want a good member berry, there's a great one that you could have an original story with, but you yeah. follow a working formula. Right. Yeah. Make exactly. the fans happy. I feel that would yeah. have been an easy one. I think so. I guess we'll have to wait and see. Yep. Not long. No, no, it's kind of crazy. It's almost here. The blockbusters yeah. are like already halfway through. <laughs> no, it's crazy. Yep. We're all the way, almost all the way through June. Well, that shouldn't have gone as long as it did, but a few uh, (laughs) hiccups. And also lots of movies to talk about. Lots of movies to talk about, yeah. So Uh, let us know what your favorite memory of Indiana Jones was, what you love about the character, um, because we'll just just share that with you. We love love hearing that stuff. And, And I think even with the bad movie, Crystal Skull, the nice thing about it, unlike Star Wars, which yours and my disappointment in star Wars Mm -hmm. did affect our perception of the saga as a whole. You and I have talked about that pretty extensively before. Well, and Um, also I'm okay with ignoring a movie that came out that I didn't care for. Yeah. Other people like it or whatever. It doesn't matter to me. I'm not okay with taking a movie. I like if you took Raiders of the Lost Ark and then added all this green screen shit to it, I'd be like, no, no, fuck you. <laughs> right. No. And that's what they did with Star Wars is that yeah. you can't have the original version anymore. That's what But I, f- I feel like even as bad as Crystal Skull is, like the franchise as a whole is still forgiven and still beloved. Yeah. And I think it, it has a stronger stance with that than even Star Wars does because Star Wars is like, permanently tainted by so many things yeah for sure whereas i'm like yeah we had aliens in part four but but it's forgiven almost because the rest are just so good yeah um yeah and they should stay that way forever they should they should don't fucking touch them don't remake them don't (laughs) don't pass the torch no 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 (laughs) but yeah tell us uh if if Indiana Jones has like been a part of your childhood upbringing, whatever, uh, what he means to you, the stories mean to you, which one mm-hmm. is your favorite? I'm yeah. assuming most people are going to say Raiders, which isn't yeah. a wrong answer. At Not all. at all. No. Um, I'm curious to know if anyone claims that crystal skull is their favorite, like genuinely not to I troll Jake fight you. and I, <laughs> Feel free to tell us, but but I will also fight you. I kind of want to hear, because I've never heard one, I kind of want to hear some legitimate arguments pro Mm -hmm. Crystal Skull. Yeah, even if it's not your favorite, if you you like it and there's redeeming value in it, let us know why. Because we we change our ideas about movies all the time as we understand them more or realize something that we missed um, that changes the whole thing. So I'm open to having my mind changed. It's like that meme, King Crystal Stole is terrible, changed my mind. So, <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> probably won't get a lot of kickback on that one. But no, if you're and out there, <laughs> you can also let us know what part you of the Indiana Jones movies you were forced to cover your eyes for because I think everybody had that experience. Yeah, at least a lot of people probably did. Like, curious about that one. Uh, yeah, go get your cool sure. shit. Um, New hats. They're pretty badass. Hey, uh, that's looking slick. I was 
I meant to wear it and then I just didn't. Um, sure. But yeah, get your cool new shit. Super comfy. And uh, let us know what movies you're watching and all that good stuff. Yep. Thank you. All right, guys. See you next time. Bye.